millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Thank you again to His Name Was Dusk. Thank you so much, I do my own air horn. You do your own air horn? Because I got the button. Which we have turned down a little bit. We have turned down a little bit. We have actually turned down a little bit. Turns out we might have been a little bit too enthusiastic. and we're working on the mic settings right now. We're working on stuff. We're playing around with stuff. Yeah. Because we have gotten your messages, and when I was editing the last one, I didn't really have a chance to... There's no way for me to turn me down. Oh, I have if you. there was a way to turn you down. Oh, my God. My voice has more bass. Yep. And yours has more treble. And it hasn't picked us up the same way. <laughs> but we're working on it. We're, working we're getting it. That's the whole point. We're getting our groove. Yeah. And speaking of grooves. It's in the heart. It's <laughs> Jesus Christ. Groove is in the heart. I'm sorry. But it's a great song. Okay. So what I was going to say is we actually just already recorded this entire intro. Oh, you're going to tell the truth? Oh, no, I'm going to tell the truth. Uh, okay. Because 
you know, there's there's things that we want to do in our intros, <laughs> and this one might seem a little bit more wooden <laughs> no. because you just heard all these names already. Yeah. But we do. Oh, I do have to reset it up though. So you talk. Okay, uh, here we go again. I'm talking. So Alex accidentally uh, had the microphone listed r improperly on the input, so it, it was actually recording through the webcam again. Yep. And so all of our original intro is not usable, so we're doing it again. So I'm not going to be surprised by the names this time, yeah. but what I am going to be is enthusiastic. You're going to be very enthusiastic. I've got enthusiasm because you know, I drank a lot of Red Bull in the car. Well, and then now this isn't going to be surprising to you. What is you were it? surprised by it last time, but we actually now, for all of our Hey Huns, mm -hmm. for all of our listeners, yeah. for all of our team leaders, yeah. for all of our Patreons, Everybody. we have their own official mm -hmm. intro bumper. Hey, huh? Let's meet our team leader. Hey, we are moving up in the world, okay? Yeah, we'll play a little bit better. Uh, yes. Hey, huh? Let's meet our team, team leader. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's nice. So we do have 27 people that yep. uh, we are very thankful for. For oh, I'm so uh, thankful for everybody. I love the amount of support that we have been getting is incredible. And also, all of our listeners are so funny and smart. It's like the comments are hilarious. Everything I read on our Patreon brings me such joy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. Uh, so these are all people who have subscribed to patreon.com slash Pearlmania 500. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And let, we're going to go down the list. Yeah. Uh, for the second time. It's okay. No, I know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so mad. I don't use that webcam often, but... The, the, well, the ever since you song? started your OnlyFans. Well, listen, the people need to see my feet. <laughs> they got to see me wiggle them toes. Yeah. Which why I'm glad you guys are donating $3 to $5 <laughs> a month. nobody else I, is for those feet. I desperately need to see a foot doctor. <laughs> They're called podiatrists, aren't they? Yeah, well, let's not be pedantic about it. Wow. All right, so up first we have Nicole DeJessa. Hey, hon. After that, we have Felicia Packer. Hey, hon. After that, we have Jake Hooper. Hey, hon. This one I'm going to get right this time. We yep. have Pigeon in Hat. Which is a pigeon wearing a hat. Yes. Uh, incredible. Incredible work. Yes. After that, we have Slazinger Kincaid. Which is, again, a book I would read. Yes. If that was the name of an author. I'd read that book. Yeah, if I saw written by Slazinger Kincaid, I would go, ooh. But I wait, wasn't that one artist, that Kincaid guy? He's a bad guy. Yeah, no, he was. you're talking about the, the artist of light. Thomas Kincaid. Thomas Kincaid. No yeah. relation. I think this might be a, if this isn't if this isn't Slazinger's real name. Yeah. If this is a screen name, I think it's a J.D. Salinger. Oh. Writer of Catcher in the Rye. Yep. Yep. With Thomas Kincaid. Oh. Mashed up to one person. Okay. Which would make a terrible weekend for me. <sighs> I um I I hated Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> I have a deep hatred of that book. And Frankenstein. Fuck that book. Okay. I, listen. What? I'm not saying anything. It's a bad book. Anyway, I get listen. No, as a founding, oh God, as a founding cornerstone of science fiction. Yeah. Great. As mm -hmm. a book to read, Frankenstein sucks ass. Wow. All right. Every like in every three pages, Victor Frankenstein is passing out, <laughs> and for like two months on end, uh -huh. and then he wakes up and a family of his is murdered by the monster. Yep. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's fine. It's whatever. This is why you don't do the book club. I do the book club. Up next. We have Ali Fagerskog. Hey, hon. After that, we have Pearl Digger. Hey, hon. I like Pearl Digger. I know you do. Reminds me of Grave Digger, the yeah. monster truck, <laughs> except for pearls. <laughs> Guys, if you think if you think these lines are good, you should have heard what was on the first recording. Yeah. Because after that, we have who? Welsh Witch. Welsh Witch. 
Um, love it. Hey, hon. After that, I'm not going to forget the the this time because it is the Squeaky Hippo. Which is such a good, cute name. After hey, that, hon. we have Zia Calhoun. Hey, Zia. Hey, hon. After that, we have Platonic underscore Princess. We're keeping it platonic, okay? Yeah, I love the underscore. I know you do. It's it's so good. After that, we have Katrina Irk. Hey, hon. After that, we have Sandra Molteni. Molteni. Hey, hon. After that, listen, bud, the first recording, you got a big laugh on oh, this one. Oh, I died. I died laughing. It's so funny. It's still very funny. It's still funny. Alcoholic Synonymous. Such a good name. Oh, we also enjoy man. your husky in the picture. Yeah, it's so good. After Alcoholics Anonymous, we have Samantha Sevier. Hey, hon. After that, a big old falcon punch from John Falcon. <laughs> hey, hon. Up next, oh, you told me the last time to make sure I had this ready. Yeah, yeah. In this corner, we have Baby Hams Garcia. <laughs> Meow. Hey, hon. After that, we have Catherine Geeslin. Hey, hon. Tiffany Shand. Hey. Hun. <laughs> After that, we have Kathleen Croft. Katie Croft. I love it. After that, we have... Okay, okay we, we, argued, we still didn't we get We still don't know how to pronounce this, this one. one. You went with Acacia. Aca- yeah. Acacia Stanley. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Acacia Stanley. Hey, hun. We're sorry we are butchering your name. We apologize. We, immensely, we apologize. Miss Stanley. Um, I am for real. All right. After that, we have. Okay, we we went on this one too. The yeah. last name got us on this one. Listen, it's Shannon Coughlin. I think it's Shannon Coughlin. Agree to disagree. Hey, hon. Hey, hon. I do love. That's the Enterprise D. Oh, it is. I can't there. see that from here. Yeah, you can't. You're a little far away, but that's mm. the Enterprise D from Star Trek: The Next Generation in the profile picture. Oh, so we have an elite, an elite, an fan elite. Here. Yeah. Now this next one. Love it. This Obsessed. next one is a callback to the lore of our podcast already. In the book club specifically. In the book club specifically, which brings Ooh. you a lot of joy. Yeah, I love and it. And the name is Chekhov's Dolphins Are Sentient. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I hated that book. Okay. I disagree. It's so good. After that, we have Hey Hey, It's Wase. <laughs> Like, how do I follow up a hey, hun? You've said so much. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Thank you. After that, we have Miranda Huffer. And this is the part last time where we went on a, a diatribe where we lost our senses talking about huffing paint. So. Yeah. And it wasn't even about <laughs> us huffing paint. No, not paint. Duster. duster. Huffing duster. And, and a whole story that involved, like, listen, it was, you should have been there. You should, wow. You it really should have been it there. It was so good. It mostly, and then I just talked about the episode of Intervention with the duster girl. And yeah. If you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 100%. But, but we're going to just. Hey, gloss, hon, Miranda. We're going to gloss over it. <laughs> because. We don't feel like telling well, the story again. It's not that we don't feel like it wouldn't be as funny because it no. would be. It's not going to be our original reaction. Can yeah. I tell you a story from my old podcast I used to do years ago? When mm-hmm. his name is Dust, we had a podcast okay. that is not out anymore. Okay, and we did this back in 2008. Oh my god, babies! We were babies years ago. It was very early in the podcasting oh my game. God. We were very proud of our podcast. Yeah, I bet. And we did one of the first Dungeons & Dragons Let's Plays. Okay. So like, we had a friend of ours come on and play Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. We recorded the whole episode. It was an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And then when it was done, his name was Dust, turned to hit save on his laptop. Yeah. And his as he pressed the button, his laptop just froze and then shut off. Oh, no. So the whole 90 minutes was gone. We didn't know what to do. We got it working again. 
So we re-recorded it. Yeah. Doing the exact same game again. Like, we knew exactly where everything was. So it's the worst game of Dungeons & Dragons (laughs) you've ever heard because it's just two people. Yep. They're like, oh, okay, you wake up in a cell. Great. I look in the straw. Do I find the key? Yeah, you find the key. (laughs) All right, I go in the the hallway. Are there still two orcs there? Yeah, there's still. Like, we could have changed. Like, looking back, like, we could have just changed the whole thing. But the guy who was DMing was like, yeah, I guess – we're just going to do that. And it was also, <laughs> it was fourth edition, not even fifth edition. Okay. Which I'm, means nothing my to eyes you. Are rolling. But for yeah. people who know, mm. know that that means it was not fun. Uh, anyway, <sighs> last two we have last. Thaddeus Rocky. Hey, hon. Thaddeus Rocky, you rock. Thad. Oh, why'd you say it like that? That's the, the nickname of Thaddeus would be Thad, right? That's we can go with Ted. Oh, you could use Ted. Yeah, I think you can use Ted. What about, would you use De- Desus? Like, I don't know. You could use like Thaddeus message us. You Let us know us what, your nick- what your nickname is. See, in the area I grew up, your nickname is just the first three letters of your name, no matter what. So his would just be the. Yeah, it, he he would probably get the Thad. He'd get the D. Okay, but then full last name, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you never get a nickname that's except for like what's the is it Barbara and Marge or something like? There's that one weird Peggy. one, Peggy, that Peggy the older ladies do. Yeah, yeah, Peggy from Margaret. All right, last one. Last but not least. The best. Save the best for last. Michaela. Hey, Michaela. If this is Michaela from TikTok, I'm not apologizing for making fun of the eyelashes situation. Okay. Hey, <laughs> let's meet our team leader. So that's that segment. <laughs> so the one good news is we actually did this much faster. Yeah. Uh, we shaved some time off it. Because because I we have... were talking about doing Huff and Duster. Well, again, again, we weren't Huffing Duster. <laughs> I know. we. Oh, you're right, Dustin. Like I was saying, we were Huffing Duster. Yeah, no, no. This is a we... story of, of our Alex has never Huffed Duster. Yeah. I went to a good school. <laughs> we, didn't, we had money for other things. All right. With that, we're going to leave you guys with a quick little bumper. We're yeah. going to do a bump and come Stop back. saying we're doing bumps and duster. <laughs> we're going to take a quick bump of this duster when we come back with our topic. To clean the keyboard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pearl mania. Pearl mania. 500. You ready for this week's topic? Um, yeah. Okay. This week's topic. Okay. Is Terry Balea. Who's that? You don't know who Terry Balea is? No. All right. So Terry Balea was born in 1953 in Georgia. Wait, you're not even reading anything. You just know this? Yeah. Oh, wow. You really did your research. Yeah. He was born in 1953 in Georgia. Okay. He uh, then moved to the Tampa Bay region of Florida. I am deeply concerned already. Where Someone he, born in the 50s in Georgia moved to Florida. We're yes. already kind of, I'm concerned. Uh, there he was a heavy set kid. Okay. Uh, got really into baseball. All right. Uh, and really loved pro wrestling. Okay. And eventually Terry Balea mm-hmm. grew up to become known mm-hmm. as the immortal Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Okay, number one, Hulk Hogan is not immortal. No, that's one of his nicknames. Oh, really? He's got a ton of stupid nicknames. Um, Hulk Hogan. I don't know much about the Hulk Hogan. Okay. Because, again, I only really got into wrestling after we started dating. When you got back into wrestling, and I just happened to be in the living room, and was like, this is kind of fun. And for those listeners that don't watch professional wrestling, I 
uh, am not a professional wrestling person before this situation happened, but I did fall in love with it because if you like RuPaul's Drag Race, if you like sparkles, you like a storyline, you like drama, you like really great costumes, big hair, big personalities, fireworks, fake tits, lots of fake boobs. It's very that. Yeah. It's it's camp. It's so camp. It's so camp. And I love it. It's and so much fringe, so many, like, just the storylines. And I was, when I started watching it with Alex, I was like, this is a soap opera for boys. Yeah. That's all this is. Yeah. And and so what happened was uh, the reason I got back into pro wrestling, I was super into pro wrestling in the late 90s. When mm-hmm. It was like Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. The Rock, all those things. And when I was a little kid, I like, I think until I was like six or seven, I would like occasionally just see wrestling. It mm. would be on TV on like Saturday mornings. And I remember when I was in like first grade, a kid turning to me out of nowhere and being like, wrestling's dumb, right? You know, it's fake. Wow. And I was just like, okay. Wow. And so I just stopped watching wrestling because I was very easily swayed like mm-hmm. a sheep. <laughs> and then uh, years later. You know what I- else is fake? everything yeah like the news all right <laughs> um but anyway so it was years later i was taking karate okay and i learned break falls mm-hmm. which is a way in wrestling it's called a bump yeah uh look at that word again but that's when you fall in a way to not hurt yourself yeah so i was learning that through like judo and a few other different things and i was over a friend's house and we were he was watching a, a, a tape recording of monday night raw Okay. And I watched a guy get choke slammed. He got picked up in the air by his throat and uh-huh. thrown to the ground. And when he landed, I saw him do the same exact type of fall that I was taught to do. Yeah. And I went, oh, that's the athleticism. Mm. They're doing all of these things and for the most part, not actually getting hurt. Yeah. And that to me became so incredible that they were doing this a lot of times, like 300 days a year. Yeah. Uh, house shows, live, all these different things. And some of the things that they were doing and then still like being able to work the next day or even later that day yeah. is so crazy. So to me, it's not the fake violence. It is actually the fact that they are doing the fake violence and, and rarely do they get hurt. They do still also get hurt. Yeah. Accidents happen, all those different things. We've seen it. I like it because of the sparkles. The I also glitter, like that aspect of it too. The fireworks, the storylines, the personalities. Anyway, because I got into it late, I have my favorites now. Yes. Um, but I was not um, a fan of wrestling back in the day. Therefore, I have no context of – I know Hulk Hogan from like – He's like he's the ketchup and mustard color guy. Yes. Okay, and he has the handlebar mustache. He has hair like ramen noodles. He's and skin bald, like hot dog. bald, yeah. but like long hair. Yeah, like a skullet. Yeah. Right. And I know that like he did commercials when I was younger, like eighties, yeah. nineties commercials. Yeah, he was everywhere in the eighties. But I didn't really pay no mind to the situation because exactly. it wasn't entertaining. So I'm gonna give you my lore dump on him. Oh, okay. So that's cool. what this episode's gonna be about. Yeah. It's gonna be about Hulk Hogan. Now, mm-hmm. the difficulty I'm gonna have with this episode is I'm not gonna be able to use this button that often. Which one? Allegedly. Oh. I'm not going to be able to allegedly. use, use no. the allegedly button that and often. And why not? Because everyone involved in this story is a consummate liar. Oh, so they're saying it for us. Yeah. Every single person, mm. um, exception, even, honestly, even the court testimony that I read doesn't, like, mm-hmm. even that is, like, caged in such a way. Because yeah. 
let me tell you a couple of secrets about pro wrestling for the listeners. Okay. Pro wrestling is carny bullshit. Yeah. Uh, which is what's great about it. Mm-hmm. It's built on lies mm-hmm. and secrecy. Yeah. You see, the reason why pro wrestling uh, became predetermined is because it started in carnivals where you'd have a big guy who'd show up in a town and he would say, anybody who can, anyone who can beat this man gets paid a hundred dollars. Yeah. And they would have people come in who were already in the crowd as plants Yeah. and people would bet on them and all these different things. So these guys would pick people up and smash them and all this stuff. And it was always planned to be able to get more money out of the rubes and the marks that were in the crowd. So as this built up over time, like we have articles from like the ninth, like 1908 and 1920s saying like everyone knows this is fake. Yeah. Going all through time. And Hulk Hogan is actually one of the reasons why the WWE now it's known as the WWE, but then mm. the WWF had to admit, yeah, the whole thing is rigged. Um, and we'll get into that. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and start. But with like this. all entertainment TV is rigged. Everything's rigged. And yeah. I'm not going to sit here and defend it. It's just, it, it is what no, it is. No, but I think, I think there's no need to defend it because it's entertainment. No, no, no. But there is no, what I'm saying it is every person who talks about wrestling yeah. always spends like 75 fucking minutes defending it. Oh. The other side of this that's going to be difficult is I will be leaving a lot of stuff out mm. because I want to talk actually more about the life of Terry Bollea, the yeah. man, than Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Because when a lot of times when you're watching a, or listening or reading a wrestler biography, mm-hmm. they talk so much about their character. Yeah. Because there is a Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Trademarked. Brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the character. Rock. The yeah. Rock. There's also Terry Balea. And depending And are on, they both terrible people? Kind of. Mm. But also depending on who what you're talking about, you may be talking about Hulk Hogan but not be talking about Terry Balea and vice versa. Mm. And it gets very weird. It's like the Stephen Colbert versus Stephen Colbert thing. But racist. Yes. And because we're that get to is that. the only thing I really know. Yeah. I was going to say there's only, okay, I only know so much about wrestling, right? Yeah. And when it comes to Hulk Hogan, like in the present day, not like this 80s caricature I remember from my childhood of like seeing in the side like view would be like, uh, knowing that I heard that he's a racist person and he said racist things. Um, and then I know that he has a daughter and that plays into it. And I feel like she had a reality show that like, but I don't like, I remember it being very Jersey shore, but then, you know, I'm a Jersey shore reality show person at heart. So I never strayed yeah. from the brand. Yeah. <laughs> Guido's for life. Yes. Yeah, Snooki, Snooki <laughs> did wrestle at WrestleMania. And for, Shut the fuck up. She did. Yeah, no, she did. Snooki wrestled at WrestleMania. Can we watch that after this? Yeah, we can. <laughs> Um, was Snooki, Wow there? I don't remember. I don't think Wow was there. There's no way Snooki could wrestle without Wow. Yeah, Wow is the muscle. Snooki wrestled at WrestleMania, and we'll oh, get into why celebrities get so involved with this. So, okay, all right. I'm sorry. All right, so we're going to start out. So uh, Hulk Hogan, was he was a chubby kid. Yeah, okay. And there's pictures of him. This much we know is true. Yeah. He was also always very large, like physically larger than every other kid on his baseball team and all those different things. We have pictures of him as a kid. Okay. And the only reason I know that Hulk Hogan was chubby Mm. is because there was Nickelodeon used to run – there was like a a short-run series where they would talk about the childhood of celebrities. Mm -hmm. It was almost like an early It It Gets Better campaign. (laughs) And the whole thing they used to do – and I remember them because they kept running this one over and over again was the, yeah. the the childhood story of Hulk Hogan. Okay. And it was all about how Hulk Hogan was this like chubby little kid and yeah. everyone made fun of him and he couldn't stop eating chocolate. Like he even had like 
like you know like the Willy Wonka like chocolate stains yeah. around his, his his little cheeks and all that different stuff. And then like kids kept making fun of him. And then one day he got like a Mr. Atlas thing and started working out. And that's how he became the big ripped Hulk Hogan yeah. that we all know today. This was on Nickelodeon? Yeah, this was run on Nickelodeon. This is like, there's something in the back of my brain that is like, I feel like I've seen this. Yeah, it was run like right, it was like right around the same time as like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and all those other things. Like yeah. this was that era. Are You Afraid of the Dark was such a Clarissa show. explains it all. That whole era, mm-hmm, like this, mm-hmm. I remember seeing it like three or four times to the point where I remember as a child, like being annoyed and being like, yeah. do someone else. But they were just <laughs> playing this on a rerun. So that, that would, that happened. So Hulk, you know, he, he. He isn't known as Hulk Hogan. Okay. He is playing in bands. He plays fretless bass. He thinks he's going to be a musician. Okay. Uh, fretless bass just means it doesn't have the ribbing. Sure. So it's, it's harder to play. Okay. And, and Hulk is actually known to be like a pretty good, a decent bass player. All right. Um, during this time, he is playing for a band at a couple different nightclubs. Okay. And uh, as a kid, so excuse me, let, me, let me rewind just a little okay. bit because I'm not, I don't have notes. As a child, he got super into watching wrestling on TV. In Florida. He watched a lot of Florida championship wrestling, and his favorite wrestler was known as Superstar Billy Graham. Superstar Billy Graham it was, it, uh-huh. and Dusty Rhodes were pretty famous wrestlers. Okay, I know who Dusty Rhodes yeah, is. Yeah, like late 60s, early mid, through the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. They were very big, but they were the early larger-than-life personalities. Yeah. All right, so they'd come out, come on, you Cadillac Jack, like all that different type of stuff. Yeah. They would actually pull, they were white guys who pulled in some stuff from black culture, and mm-hmm. like pulled in that rock and roll aesthetic. What a shock. They would, you know, wear big fur coats. They were lighting, they were doing the Jack Johnson thing, the mm-hmm. boxer of like lighting cigars with $100 bills, all that different type of stuff. Yeah. And Hulk loved this. Hulk wanted to be like that. And so mm-hmm. Hulk did actually start working out and did actually start to gain some muscle and, yeah. and start to really get into gym culture early on because of wrestling. Okay. He really, really wanted to become a wrestler. Didn't know how to do it because that was a big thing back then. Yeah. A wrestler had to let you in. Oh, okay. So, like, there was, like now you can go on Google. You can mm-hmm. go on YouTube. You can go on Twitter. Anything. Go on TikTok. And there are wrestling schools all over the country. Yeah. You pay a certain fee. They'll, they have a 101, 102 level classes. And then you build up and you become a wrestler. They'll yeah. teach you basic roles, how to fall, all those things. They didn't have that back then. Okay. Hulk was playing bass in, in a band. The guy's six foot five, huge. He's a big dude. Yeah. So Terry Bully is in the back playing bass. Two wrestlers named the Briscoe Brothers. Okay. See him, and they're very impressed by his stage presence and all that stuff, and just how generally big he is. He's a big and guy. they go, "Hey, we. You ever thought about throwing people around? Yeah, basically, it's hundred <laughs> percent. And Hulk went, brothers. He's like, I've been thinking about it the whole time. <laughs> my, I live in Florida, motherfucker. All I think about is throwing guys for money. So Hulk joined. Um, a wrestling school, and it okay. was run. Uh, now, now, one thing that happened before Hulk joined the wrestling school is mm-hmm. I have a list here of actually famous lies of Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay. So we have—is it like a wiki page of just lies? No, this is this is an article I found uh, just online. I love that. <laughs> uh, but one of the things is before Hulk became a wrestler, he okay. claims mm-hmm. he claims quote that he was asked to play bass for Metallica, but he turned Metallica down. Quote. The band categorically refuted this rumor, saying they never met Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's going to be a common theme. Oh. So anyway, uh, so he he later uh, claimed things that he was uh, that when he was in Little League and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that he had attracted um, scouts, scouts from Lone League, 
Little and Little League for both the New York Yankees and the Cincinnati Reds. That is also another lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know this because he's clearly uh, trying to steal Macho Man Randy Savage's backstory. <laughs> what? Because Macho Man Randy Savage was actually like a proficient baseball player. Okay. And actually did play, I think, minor league and, and a little bit of major league. Wow. So, um, yeah, so there's all these different things. So, anyway... Eventually, the Briscoe brothers uh, get him a trainer. He gets trained by Hiro Matsuda, okay. who was a famous trainer, Okay, uh, trained a lot of different people. Now, the thing is with training back in those days is it was very brutal. Yeah, I bet. It was incredibly brutal because what they were trying to do was twofold. One, they wanted to make sure that you could go in a 20 to 30 minute match, that you wouldn't get what's called blown up. So you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't get gassed and lose your energy and mm-hmm. not be able to put on a show. Yeah. The second thing they were doing, it was almost – it was a hazing ritual. Yeah. Because, again, there's this thing called kayfabe in wrestling. They wanted to make you think that wrestling was real. Yeah. They want the crowd to think wrestling was real. And they want anyone that they're training to think wrestling is real right up until their first match. Yeah. So they want you to think, hey, when we're going to chop you in the chest, we're, act- we're chopping you. When we're punching, we're punching. When you're mm-hmm. falling, you're falling. Yeah. We're teaching you how to fall to get the least amount of hurt. But in your in your head, the trainee is learning this idea because he's actually being thrown. Yeah, but also that helps sell it. Yeah, you no, know, because then you have that look in your eyes of like, oh no, I'm being thrown. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, I'm falling. Exactly. And so they're they're they're, tre- they're they're teaching him all these things. It's also weeding out the weaker stock. So that's all this general idea. And the people that don't know how to do it. Yeah, the people who don't know how to do it, and so these people. That's can't- a bold face lie because <laughs> I've seen Nia Jax wrestle. Oh wow. Kayfabe's dead now, baby. <laughs> and Nia Jax killed it. No, but the um, the the, and the other big part of it, though, is so you have a guy, let's say you have a guy who comes and trains with them for two weeks, okay. right? You don't want to teach him day one that it's all fake. Yeah. You want to make him run up and down the steps a hundred times. You want to make him do burpees till he throws up. Oh you want to make him, you want to make him take body slams. So you're, you're describing kind of the initiation into one, a fraternity, and two, a cult. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's a hundred percent that. So- Hulk had to go through this for a year. Okay. And during that time, he claims that mm-hmm. one of the first things that happened is that his trainer, Hiro Matsuda, immediately broke his leg to show him that it was real. Other people who were training around the same time have mm-hmm. said that's bullshit. What actually happened is Hulk sprained his ankle but <laughs> kept training on it. Oh, good. Which led to his ankle breaking. Yeah. That sounds more re- real. It like, compl- sounds like 100%. More, yeah. And that was said by Jerry Briscoe himself. So, like, that's, again— this is the type of thing we're going to end up with Hulk a lot yeah. with Terry Balea. I keep saying Hulk, but really Terry Balea because Terry embellishes fucking everything. So mm-hmm. Terry finally gets his first match. Okay. Uh, he's down in, uh, in the championship wrestling from Florida. Of Wonderful course. name. Yeah. Not Florida championship wrestling. Championship wrestling from Florida. Oh, my God. He's there uh, from 1977. For and he he basically does matches for about a year. Okay. Um, and when he's there, he uses his early name, which is the Super Destroyer. Oh my god, that's a terrible name. So so that is a terrible name. But yeah. the thing is, is it's a masked wrestler name. And so what you get in a lot of these promotions, people usually don't pro, people usually don't premiere mm-hmm. as them their character. Okay. They give them a, a, a mask, and then that character, yeah. everyone knows. Oh, the guy in the yellow mask is coming out. That's a super destroyer. Doesn't matter if last time the guy was five foot ten and black, and mm. this time he's six foot five and white. You don't got really it. care. Like you, you just okay, know that mask is a character. 
Got it, got and it. And this is kind of common. You're describing the Elmos and Cookie Monsters in Times Square in New York City. Yes, 100%. Same <laughs> general idea. So um, so Hulk does that for about a year. Okay. And um, he eventually just, he's like, you know what, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. He uh, goes and starts a private club and becomes a manager at a place called the Anchor Club, and then he also... When you say private club, do you mean like a dance club or like a country says, club? It just says private club. I'm assuming it's it's kind of like a nightclub. Oh, that's so weird. Okay. But he also does like a gym. He also manages and is like co-owner with a gym. Yeah. And a friend of his named Ed Leslie comes down. Okay. Um, now, Ed and, and, and Terry, Ed Leslie and Terry Belia are like together like this for the best forever. Bros. They're best, best bros. bros forever. I'm probably not going to bring him up too much, Ed mm-hmm. Leslie. Um, Ed Leslie's... They're Paulie and Vinny. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. They're, they're Paulie and Vinny. They're Paulie and... But, but, but the thing is, is what you need to know in all of these stories, Ed Leslie is just off camera. Okay. All right? He yeah. goes by many names. I actually pulled up his Wikipedia right here. Um, he was most famously known as Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, my God. That is a... Wait, <clears throat> Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, I'm going to read you some of the his... The BBB, the Better yeah. Business Bureau? Yeah, Got so it. I'll read you some of Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I'm looking at a picture. Name. He has on a blue zebra blazer with yes. titty nipple cutouts. Yes. It's pretty iconic. I'm going to be honest. He carries shears to the ring because he's the barber. Fuck, that's good. Dude. But they're head-strimming shears. That's, um, that's a good bit. I like so, that. So mm. here's, uh, here's just some of his ring names. Holy shit, that's a long list. Yeah, because, again, he sucks. So oh, he has to change his name. He has to change his name, so and much. then also people always end up old owning the old name, and then so he oh, creates a new right. character, and then that character doesn't work, so he just abandons it and creates a new one. Okay. Uh, okay. So he these are just some of his his most famous is is Brutus Beefcake. Um, he was also known as Baron Beefcake, mm-hmm. Big Brother Booty, the Booty <laughs> Man, Brother Brutai, Brute Force, the Butcher, <laughs> the Clip Master, oh the these. Disciple. Okay. Dizzy Golden. Oh, wow. Dizzy Hogan. Okay. Ed Boulder. Mm-hmm. Eddie Golden. All right. Eddie Hogan. All right. I the see. Mariner. The Mariner? Just out of nowhere. It's just the Mariner. He just comes out with a little skipper The man skipper with hat no on. face. The man with no name. Oh, my God. And the Zodiac. Okay. Now, Terry Belia. I wish he would have just stuck to the bees, because by the end of that, it would have been a very, like, Kardashian yeah. thing. Yeah, right? well, I didn't. I wasn't reading those to you in order. I was reading to those. That that was just put in alphabetical order uh, by Wikipedia. I was just hoping the whole time you just pick letter B words, because then, he like. He did for a while. That's the thing. A so lot of good. them were B letter, B words. That been because such a good he, thing. Brutus Beefcake was his WWF name. Yeah. And once he left there, WWF still owned it. And he the was triple like, triple B's. Yeah, he wanted mm. – he was known as this guy. Anyway. Anyway, we got to get off him. We got to go back to Terry. So Ed Leslie shows up, and he starts helping uh, Terry Bullia manage uh, these clubs. Okay. And he – Terry and Ed start working out together. Yeah. And one day, Terry's looking at Ed, and he's like, you know what? You're big enough. Uh-oh. We could do the wrestling thing together and be a tag team. Sexy. Yeah. So that's where they they decide to become a tag team, and they go to Alabama. Okay. And they both go by the Boulders. The Boulders. So they're Terry and Ed Boulder, also known as the Boulder Brothers. And this is in 1979. I wish the Boulders would have been in Colorado. That would have been cool. It would have made more sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But again— Again, it's Terry Boulder, Terry Balea. See, he he's trying I he's guess. trying to find the name. I get it, but it's not great. So they work around for a while together, and then they are going back and forth, um, and, and things are things are going pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
And then finally, uh, and it says here, it doesn't have the exact date. I want to say it's still 79. Um, they're working in Memphis. Okay. With Jerry Lawler and some other people. Mm-hmm. And Jerry the King Lawler, famous alleged pedophile. Oh, and, oh um, wow. Oh, wait. I've, no, I'm not going to hit the button on that. <laughs> there's, enough court, there's enough court stuff about him. <laughs> um, they're down in Memphis, and, and Terry gets brought on to a talk show. Okay. And this is where the Hulk comes from. Okay. He's on a talk show with Lou Ferrigno. Lou I know Ferrigno, that he's the bodybuilder who played the, the right. He was played all, the Hulk. Yeah. on the live show. Right, he right. Lou the Incredible Ferrigno. Hulk. Show. I met him at a Comic Con yeah. one year. Yeah, he goes to a lot of them. Yeah, and, and the thing is, he was is, nice. Yeah, and, and the thing is about Lou is while Lou was a wait, I think he tried to pick me up, like literally physically pick yeah. me up. Yeah, he does that. Were you there that year? I was not there. I think oh. this is before we we even started dating. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think Lou Ferrigno literally tried to pick me up. He did. He does that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Lou Ferrigno is also kind of short. Yeah. Um, but which they use camera tricks to make him look big, but he's very muscly. Yeah. And the thing that the radio announcer pointed out was, hey, you're bigger than the Hulk. Yeah. And so he started getting this nickname of Hulk because he was actually bigger than him. Yeah. So around this time, um, there's a thing about wrestling is I've mentioned a couple different territories mm-hmm. wrestling used to have a territory system yeah because carnies because of carnies number mm-hmm. one but also because of tv rights so back in oh. the day right you didn't have a you only had like three nationally syndicated channels okay but it was there what cable didn't exist yeah so you had these regional powerhouses mm-hmm. so championship wrestling from florida played in florida and like southern georgia sure and then you would get georgia championship wrestling Mm -hmm. And then you had groups like the AWA, which was just in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And then you have a West Coast group. And these were all kept together through an organization called the NWA. Okay. The National Wrestling Alliance. So this was a collection of owners who basically kind of worked out territory and TV rights amongst each other. Mm -hmm. Which should have been illegal, honestly. Okay. Because it was kind of like that they were... They were setting up the competition. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if one guy, let's say you were running in Memphis, yeah. and you one day were like, you know what, I'm going to go all the way to Nashville. Well, that's a different group. Mm-hmm. You can't go to Nashville. Okay. You can't, you know, Memphis shouldn't be doing shows in Florida. All right. And basically what would happen is if you did that, the wrestlers wouldn't go. Because the wrestlers like, hey, man, if I go work for, if I go work for me- the Memphis company in Florida, mm-hmm. Then no one else will hire me ever again because I worked for you stepping into someone else's territory. And everybody it. understood this. Okay. Right? And this is this becomes very important because during this time as Terry's starting, mm-hmm. that system is very in place. Yeah. And so in the NWA, the biggest group okay. is known as the WWWF. WWWF. The Worldwide Wrestling Federation. They just really love, number one, alliteration. Yes. Number two, a big name. Yes. So the WWWF is owned by Vince McMahon Sr. Hold up. There's an older Vince McMahon? Yes. I'm assuming that's not with us anymore. Yes. He's been dead for some time. I didn't realize that Vince McMahon had another Vince McMahon above him. The the owner that we all know from TV of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Kennedy, of course. He's actually Vince Jr. Mm -hmm. And he had to buy the company from his dad. As one does. And then he didn't make his son a junior, but I feel like they call him junior. No. They do call him junior. But um, he didn't because they... 
he didn't raise his son. Oh. It gets complicated. Okay, well, let's, this isn't a I, podcast about Vince McMahon. No, this is about this is about Hulk Hogan. That would be a whole podcast. So one of the things that happened, though, is that um, Terry is introduced to Vince Sr. Okay. And he comes to work for the WWF okay. in New York. Now, their territory is basically Washington, D.C. to Maine. Okay. It's a big territory. It's a big territory. Yeah. Because, again, the TV rights and all those different things cover that area. That's my territory as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of our territory. <laughs> so it's that northeast. So it's, like, basically as far over as, like, Pittsburgh, almost Ohio, a little yeah. bit of West Virginia. You're going through all of Maryland, almost mm-hmm. northern Virginia. And then, again, running through New England, all this different stuff. Because yeah. the WWF, WWE now, still – has almost exclusive rights to Madison Square Garden okay. and a lot of the New York TV rights. Okay. Ooh, sorry. So one thing with them back then is when he met, when Vince Sr. meets him, he he looks at him and says, quote, um, he has to be Irish. He says, I need an Irish heel. Because oh. the thing is with Vince Sr. and with that era of WWF. Y'all had to have a specific uh, nationality. Yes. And a personality that goes with that. Yes. Yeah. It is, it's actually all stereotype words. Mm-hmm. It's 100%. And part of that is because of New York. And because he knew, Vince knew, hey, I'm going to have this guy come out and he's going to be really big among the Puerto Ricans who live here. Mm-hmm. This guy over here, he's going to be big with the Italians. This guy's going to be big with the Polish. Yeah. And he's like, I need an Irish guy mm-hmm. and he's going to be the heel. Yeah. Because I need all of these other people who like wrestling, who are poor. I need them to have a, an Irish dude they can yell at. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And so that's where he got the name. Wait, Hulk Hogan does not look Irish. It, it doesn't matter. He, <laughs> that's literally what happened. And what they say here, uh, Ho- quote, Hogan claims his hair was already beginning to fall out by that time, and he refused to dye it, simply replying, quote, I'll be a blonde Irish. Yeah. He he went and had his uh, matches mm-hmm. um, and all those different things, and he was even paired with He a- refused to dye it to a natural color. Is that what you're saying? Because his hair is bleached to hell. Yeah, he he, he refused because he said his hair was already falling out and all this different stuff. It's clearly oh, bleached God. blonde. Um, but he, he started, you know, wrestling, and he got to meet a bunch of different guys. Mm-hmm. He met Bob Backlund, who was the champion at the time, and all these different things, and this is in 1980. Okay. Um, he was also uh, paired up with classy Freddie Blassie, who was a very famous wrestler mm-hmm. uh, who de- later became a manager. Okay. Um, he then goes to uh, Japan for a while. All right. Where he is using the Hulk Hogan name. Sure. At this point, because they, they hadn't, again, because of the territory system, kind of once you were gifted a name, if the name worked, mm-hmm. that was yours. Because that was kind of your tradesman name. Okay. You were allowed to take that system to system. That will change. Okay. Because of Vince Jr. Fucking Vince Jr. So, but Promania 500 is our name, and I just did that. Yeah, you just made that up. For no reason. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> People uh, send in a lot of comments and like kind of ask about it in the emails. I'm like, where did they come up with that? And I was like, I was just trying to find things that existed. That didn't exist, honestly. Well, yeah, because well, like, we were trying to find a name. You were trying to find a name for an email. Yeah. And you were just trying to find one that wasn't was already sh- taken. Exactly. And I just was like... That's why I picked the pictures for like the racing theme because I like the idea of racing. Yeah, yeah. Promania five hundred. It's yeah, our like, name, and we're gonna take it with us as we tour. Like Indy five hundred. Yeah. So next thing um, that that happened is he goes to Japan, mm-hmm. 
And then uh, when Hulk comes back, he uh, starts filming scenes uh, for the movie uh, Rocky Three. He was in Rocky Three. He played Thunderlips. Holy shit! Did you just say Thunderlips? Yes, Thunderlips. Okay, I have to admit, I have never seen Rocky Three. So and. So the r- fact that there's a pornographic name like Thunderlips in yes. it means I want to watch it now. But I yeah. also don't because I don't really like the Rocky movies. Yeah. So in, in, in it, basically what it is, is this is the one Rocky three is where he fights Mr. T. Oh, right. And so the Thunderlips whole thing, it's kind of in the beginning to show like how crazy it's getting for mm-hmm. Rocky. Yeah. That he's fighting a pro wrestler got and it, all this got stuff. It, got it. And the thing is, is Vince McMahon senior actually hated this. Okay. And he was like, look at you. You're going into the business for yourself. Like, all this different shit. You're they ruining wrestling. Oh, they hate it when you go into business for yourself. Yeah, but also he's, like, making money, and yeah. he doesn't need Vince to make money, which is the worst part. You're describing a pimp. Yeah, basically, because that's how most of these promoters really work. Yeah. And some of them actually just literally— just going to take a cut. Well, here's the thing. Some of them actually literally were. Oh, um, when it comes to some of the, the women wrestlers. Oh, babe. Yeah, but we're not going to go into that. Oh, okay. Because this is about Hulk Hogan. Okay, great. So anyway, so he comes back from Japan. He does. He starts filming these these scenes for Rocky Three. Rocky Three. He's fired by the WWF. Oh, for doing the Rocky Three. For doing the Rocky Three. Yeah, They're like, how get, dare you? Like, get the fuck out of here. So he goes to the AWA, A-W-A. which is the American Wrestling Alliance. Oh. That is in the Midwest. So we're looking like Minnesota, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Upper Midwest, it's real polite. It's real passive aggressive. Yeah, and, it. and it's also being shown in like a little bit in Canada and all that different stuff. Yeah. He gets, starts to meet more guys there. And he becomes incredibly popular. Oh, I bet. Like overnight. Yeah, he's got Wisconsin energy. Yeah, and they just love him. Everyone yeah. just loves the shit out of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And the thing is, is the owner of the AWA mm-hmm. fucking hates it. Well, wait, hates him or it? Both. Oh. Because because the thing is, is Vern Gagne is the guy who owns the AWA, and he was a former professional wrestler himself. They all are. And he really likes pro wrestling that looks real. Mm -hmm. He wants guys to get into holds. He wants them to be rolling around and tussling. He likes his dudes when they hit. Daniel Bryanson kind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson. That's what I said. Right? Yeah, same thing. <laughs> right. You said the same guy's name twice. Yeah. But anyway, that sort of general, like, actually looks more Greco-Roman, all these different yeah. things. Then Hulk Hogan comes in, and he's got the bleach blonde hair, and he's pointing, and he's flexing, and guys are hitting him, and he's not selling it, meaning, like, yeah. he's pretending like he doesn't even feel the pain. Yeah. And Vern Gagne is just in the back, just snapping pencils and chewing at the bit, going, this guy, fuck this guy, I hate this guy. But the crowd is eating it up. Yeah. It's going fucking crazy. Okay. And Hulk it, and Vern have a falling out. All right. Um, because the other thing is that Vern is yelling at Hulk, hey, every time you go over to Japan, mm-hmm. you should be paying me a cut. What? Why? Why are they money. all such pimps? Exactly. And that was Hulk's thing. Hulk was like, fuck you. You don't own me. Yeah. He's like, no, that's my, that's my Japan money. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that made Hulk mad is that they weren't doing any merch back then. Oh, so a lot of these guys, yeah. So a lot of these wrestlers would have to go and make their own merch, mm. and then they would sell it in the parking lot after the show. Yeah, and that's actually a thing that wrestlers still do now. I was going to say I've bought some parking lot merch, but yeah. yeah. If you go to an independent wrestling show now, oftentimes they'll have merch tables to the side, mm-hmm. and they'll also usually take an intermission in the middle of the show. Actually, I think I've bought merch at wrestling, comedy, and like rock and roll shows. Yeah, 
It, it's now it's super common, but yeah. this was in the seventies. It was just starting to take off. Yeah. So Hulk was making his own shirts. I bet he was selling those. And again, he was telling the, the owner, he's like, you should be making these and I should be getting a cut. It doesn't make sense that I'm doing all of this. And then on top of that, you want my fucking Japan money. You're like, not getting my Japan. money. Yeah. So he got really fucking pissed about it. I don't think I like Hulk Hogan, but I do know that I am saying he, he shouldn't have to give up his Japan money. Yeah, exactly. But so, then what happens? So he goes back and forth. Because <laughs> I have a feeling that I'm not going to like this guy by the end of it. So what happens is um, in 1982, okay. Vince McMahon yep. Jr. buys the WWF from Vince McMahon From Sr. his dad. Okay. And now and it becomes what we know. That What we know. And through um, basically disrespect. At his dad? No. Oh. Of the NWA. Vince McMahon oh, Jr. Got it. Vince McMahon Jr. does a thing that um, uh, uh, happens a lot. This happens with tech founders. It happens to all these different guys, right? He happened to notice mm-hmm. that everything was about to change. Okay. With cable television. Yeah. And so what he did was he looked at this room full of old stodgy men smoking cigars who would make backroom deals. Mm-hmm. And he just looked at them all and said, I'm going to buy your best wrestlers. Okay. I'm going to mortgage everything I have. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take huge bets. And I'm going to get cable TV nationwide. Mm-hmm. So when people think of wrestling, they only think of the WWF. Okay. And he started looking around. And the first thing he started buying up was AWA t- talent. Okay. So a lot of Hulk's rivals in AWA – like the Heenan family, the the uh, ring announcers, the people that were really well known that were easily plug and play. Okay. That Vince could grab, he immediately paid. Mm-hmm. He just bought him up, and he brought him in. And he immediately the second he met Hulk Hogan, he was just in love. And like they were like bosom buddies. He was just like, "This guy's the best." Holy shit! Look at this. We're j-. And he just saw dollar signs. But that's because Vince loves a big, meaty man. Vince loves a big, meaty man, but part of it also might be because the first man he ever made his first million off of was the biggest, meatiest man, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So, Well, you always love your top bitch. You do. You got to respect you really top do. bitch when you're so, pimping out. So he brings, in, he brings in Hulk Hogan. Hulk has four matches mm-hmm. and is immediately made the WWF champion of the world. <laughs> well... Immediately. I feel like maybe the bar is a little low. Yeah. But okay. But now here's the thing. Okay. That has been brought up. What? And um, so Hulk beat a guy named the Iron Sheik. Yes. Okay. I think I've heard that before. So the Iron Sheik was an Iranian American. Yeah. Who would play up on the anti-Iranian stereotypes that were happening. Right. Okay. Good. But he was making money, so he didn't care. Okay. Perfect. He didn't care. He didn't care. He was making a shit ton of money. So the thing about the Sheik is the Sheik got a phone call from Vern Gagne. Mm -hmm. Gagne. Right before the match. Because what happened was, Sheik was a transitional champion. What that means is there was a guy named Bob Backlund who had the belt. Okay. And people liked Bob Backlund. Okay. So Iron Sheik beat Bob Backlund. Okay. That way Hulk could beat Iron Sheik. Okay. Because if Hulk beat Bob Backlund, Mm -hmm. people would have booed Hulk. Got it. But Hulk has to be a good guy. He's a baby face. We want Uh, people to cheer Hulk. Okay. So Sheik beat Backlund. Okay. Hulk comes in. Beats the sheep. I know. I'm explaining it so that way they listen. I know. I'm mean, so, like, there's a lot of names. So, Iron Sheik gets a call from Vern, Vern Gagne. And that's the opposing guy. Yeah, the guy from AWA who doesn't yeah. like Hulk. It doesn't like Vince. Doesn't like I'm anybody. I'm assuming doesn't like Vince. Doesn't like anybody. Okay. 
So he gets a call before the match. And Vern offers Iron Sheik $100,000 sure. to break Hulk Hogan's leg in the ring. Okay, well, like, did he say it off the record? He said it right into the phone. I mean, but like, it's not written down. It's not written down. That's was why he, he did it over the phone. Was he going to pay cash or money on it? No, like, what he said was, I'll this? take care of you for $100,000, and you can come work in my territory. Again, this is the territory system, I though. Mean, you come work in my territory. now. But Iron Sheik could then be on cable TV. Oh, it's a bigger investment. What it came down to was Sheik went to Vince. So Jr. wait, did he do it? He didn't do it. Ah, oh, I mean, oh. No, but this is what the Sheik said. The Sheik said that he went to Vince Jr. Mm-hmm. and said, hey, just to let you know, I've been offered $100,000 to break your boy's leg. Yeah. And Vince is sitting there, a newer promoter. Yeah. Like, he's he hasn't been doing this long. And he's betting everything on this. And he's like staring at him thinking like Sheik's going to ask for more money. And then Sheik looked at him and said, your dad and your family's been really good to me. So I'm I'm just going to do the job. I'll let him pin me. Yeah. And so that whole match, Vince McMahon is having a heart attack thinking, did Iron Sheik just tell me this to do it? Yeah. Because like, wrestlers are also psychos. Yeah. So like he could be <laughs> like, this could be wheels within wheels. Like Vince yeah. has no idea. Hulk pins Sheik. Yeah. The announcer goes, this is the birth of Hulkamania. Hulkamania. And okay. that's where that comes from. And we're off to the races. Yeah. It starts getting nuts. Okay. And when you say getting nuts, like, what do you mean? So immediately we're selling out tons of stuff. Like shirts or seats or both? Everything. Okay. People, it's just want, everything. people becomes, want a piece of Hulkamania. It, it becomes an unstoppable people thing. People want a piece of Pearlmania. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, nobody really does because we called out better help. <laughs> so, <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, I did. Ah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Oh, you see, you didn't have your allegedly I button ready. I didn't have ready. your allegedly button. Oh. Allegedly. Yeah. But no, so it, it, it starts picking up. But again, at the same exact time, McMahon is bringing in Macho Man Randy Savage. He's bringing- I love. I think Macho Man Randy Savage. He's not like a good person, right? But I do love some of his old promos. Oh, yeah. When I'm really sad and I need a little hit of that dopamine, yeah. The one with him with the little holding the little creamer, the talking cream about the cream rising to the top, cream of the crop. That's brother. such a crazy ass promo. And it was all fueled by cocaine. I well. Everything, it's 100% Everything fueled. awesome that's ever happened yes. was fueled by just a bit. So one of the things that happens as this starts picking up okay. is immediately Titan Sports, the parent company of WWF, yeah. and Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. are sued by Marvel Comics. Marvel? Okay, why? Because he's calling himself the Incredible oh. Hulk Hogan. He's not allowed to say it's the incredible. It's the incredible part that you they're really like, they're like, dude, you're straight up just doing our comic book character. Yeah, you can't do that. And so they go back and forth and they work out a deal that becomes true for 20 years. Okay. Um, Marvel actually owned the trademarks to Hulk Hogan. Oh, really? The Hulkster. Okay. And Hulkamania. Really? As long as the WWF never referred to him again as Incredible All right. or just Hulk. Heard. And he also was never allowed to dress in the colors purple or green. Yeah, I bet that. Okay. Marvel also subsequently received 0.9% of reportable gross merchandise revenue associated specifically with Hogan. Mm-hmm. So uh, just less. So did they just like not report that? And then they got a hundred dollars every time Hulk Hogan wrestled for WWF. Okay. And they received ten percent of Titan's portion of his other earnings 
under this name. Um, so basically any other random earnings. So if he got like a TV spot So they would get like that, his Japan money? They'd get 10% of his Japan money. Son of a bitch. If, if it was through WWF. Okay. So they did get a cut of the Japan money. Wow. So any of those other tours. So basically every so, time, okay. every time you see Hulk Hogan get in the ring, mm -hmm. Stan Lee was getting a hundred bucks. I mean, I respect the fuck out of that. Yeah, dude. and every T-shirt he sold is basically one percent. It's like yeah. just shy of one percent. I mean, so I li I live for Stanley getting any cut of anything. Oh yeah, no, this is great. My question is like, knowing how sometimes club promoters can be a little sketch, mm -hmm. right? Um, w did they like open up? an LLC and have him wrestle under that so they didn't have to pay that out? It doesn't sound like it from what I can see. This went on for 20 years. And I was going to say, why is it only 20 years? So we'll get into that. Oh, okay. All right. So now Hulk Hogan's really bigging up, building up. Okay, he's now, really successful right yeah, now. Yeah, he's hulking up, if you will. Oh, wow. So this is becoming really big. It's around 1985. Um, one of the big things that Vince does that no other promotion does. Okay. Celebrity. Yes. Huge. Loves a celebrity, that one. And it's not initially because of Hulk Hogan. So Vince loves the fact that Hulk was Thunderlips in, in Rocky Three, and he oh, leans that into name, it. Thunderlips is so crazy. Yeah, he leans into it hard. Yeah. But the rock and wrestling connection began. Okay. And they're based in New York. So two things happen. One, Cindy Lauper yeah. went to Puerto Rico. Okay, cool. And when she was in Puerto Rico, she ran into a wrestling manager known as Captain Lou Albano. Wow. They were talking. She realized how much fun wrestling is and mm -hmm. how much it is like her, her kind of kooky rock and roll life. Yeah. And Lou was just fun as shit. They probably were smoking pot together in Puerto Rico. And then Captain Lou came back to the States with Cindy mm -hmm. where she had him play her father in the Time After Time video. Music video. Wow. Okay. So Lou and Cindy Lauper through that music video get a connection to MTV. All right. MTV's just starting up. Yeah. MTV needs programming. Okay. I see where this is going. Kind of sort of maybe. Vince hires Captain Lou. Mm-hmm. Cindy starts coming to the ring with Captain Lou and a wrestler, a female wrestler named Wendy Richter. Okay. Wendy becomes hugely popular too. Mm -hmm. They all start hanging out, and it's called the Rock, the Rock and Wrestling Connection. They start showing wrestling on MTV. They have a couple different specials, and then they also get a deal with NBC, and they start running these Saturday Night Main Event head, uh, headlining shows. Okay, and one of the big things they do versus the other wrestling shows is they don't make the show about wrestling. <laughs> okay, wrestling kind of happens, but in reality, look, Danny DeVito's here. Yeah, like Sesame. look, so and so. You're here. describing Sesame Street. I'm, yeah, the Muppets. It's yeah. that same general idea, yeah. like to the point where today, like the reason people like Monday Night Raw is Monday Night Raw is a show about a wrestling show. Yeah, wrestling happens, but you really want to show. So they always want to get these celebrities, the bigger celebrities. That's why they got Snooki at that later I WrestleMania. Really got to watch this. I don't recall this happening. It was considered one of the best uh, celebrity matches, like really, like of WrestleMania up until Bad Bunny. Okay, I saw the Bad Bunny one. Yeah, yeah. Bad Bunny was the one. 
And then it's like you're saying this, but then I'm like in my mind, I'm like, well, what are the Paul brothers, right? Jake Paul was yeah, on. Yeah, Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Yeah. And they're in my mind, they're not popular, but apparently they're incredibly popular. They're incredibly popular. And so actually, weird. Logan Paul, disgustingly, is a great wrestler. Yeah. And it pisses everyone off. Everybody's upset about it, which but, is a great way to become a heel. But back to this. Okay. So um, Hogan starts building up more and more. So they do the Saturday Night's main event one. It's huge. Okay. Giant rating. Got it. Uh, Hogan becomes probably the top Make-A-Wish Foundation children's charity. They start building, making the toys. The toys become super popular. Making-A-Wish Foundation existed back then? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When the hell did that start? That's not a lookup for now, but I mean... Uh, it started in 1980. Okay. So he was right there real early. So he was... And that's crazy that like Make-A-Wish is... It started in the 80s. This is like... 84 85 right yep and then he's popping off and is their biggest thing and then it just become a wrestler's thing kind of because now it's john cena right yeah it's just like little kids love wrestlers little kids love wrestling it's just something you something you can put on you also got you know there's the tapes there's the video games there's always the toys yeah there's all these different things the bright colors so kids are attracted to it yeah and also the other thing too is you know for these for the guys at this level the hulk hogan's the john cena's the rock mm -hmm. those guys are like almost trained to do it yeah you know like they're really like they get used to doing it like it's well, very it's i think very it, i think it broke john cena i think if it I'm gonna did be honest too. with you yeah, honestly <laughs> this isn't a john cena podcast but yeah. make a wish broke john cena yeah there's a reason why john cena said he never wanted to have kids he's <laughs> seen too many i think he's i think they said he's done something like over 500 yeah plus, i mean that might have been in the thousands like he's done so many make a wishes so many and, and i it, guess seeing that many kids that are terminally ill would really hurt you yeah yeah. I think I think there's really no way you can. Uh, and I also think that Nikki Bella, that's the one he was engaged to, or is it the other yeah, one? Nikki Bella. I think Nikki Bella might be a bit of a grifter. God bless her, though. Yeah, but you know what? But we'll get to her. <laughs> we will. All right. So <laughs> not in this. Not oh, in this. Oh, no, oh. I just met on the this podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. All right. This episode is just about wrestling. So you know, during this time, he starts to get. He becomes one of the top, considered one of the top athletes. In the world. Oh, we're calling them athletes. Now. Like, recognized. Because he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, TV Guide, People Magazine. He starts appearing on The Tonight Show. They create a Saturday morning cartoon, which I had actually on Betamax. Okay. Called Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Was it cool? It was all right. Like, it was, was kind of like a really cheesy Saturday morning, like, you know, sell cereal type of stuff. Like Snorks. But again, yeah, like Snorks. Exactly like <laughs> Snorks. Honestly, better animation. Wow. But the, uh, How dare you? The the whole thing is Hulk's, Hulk's personality at this time is, you know, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and drink your milk, kids. You know, like, he's very, like. Got it. He's doing that. That Reagan shit of like, don't do drugs. It's very empty, but positive sayings. Yeah. All this stuff. And which brings us to WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. The first WrestleMania um, is held in Madison Square Garden. Okay. And this is Vince's big bet. Vince McMahon's big yeah. bet. See, today we understand pay-per-view. Pay-per-view uh, pay is big business. Yeah. Rest, you know, wrestling, boxing, uh, UFC, all those things. Back then, pay-per-view was run differently. Okay. And pay-per-view was you actually had to go to a closed-circuit television place. Okay. Oftentimes, these were theaters. 
where they had a special box that they could play and broadcast it on a big screen for everyone. Isn't that kind of how they do like the turf bedding places or they used to do it like that at turf bedding? Yeah, it's kind of like that, but it's also like um, the way now they do like those live, was it live nation events or whatever? Like the Regal oh, Cinemas. Right, like, yeah. One night only we'll do a live broadcast of this. And they do to this day. You can go and see like wrestling They should do that for a Taylor Swift concert where everybody can buy a movie ticket to go watch Taylor Swift in yeah. the movie theater. Yeah. Since none of us can afford regular tickets to see yeah. A hundred percent. I would go. <laughs> it would be four hours long. Who cares? I know. What else are we doing? I went to see that stupid Gucci movie, and that was three and a half hours long. That's true. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, they built up. Now, the first WrestleMania had to do good money. Yeah. Vince mortgages everything. Okay. Everything in his life. Sure. And he's getting death threats left and right. He's also going after it. Like, this whole time, by the way, this entire time, people are trying to murder Vince McMahon. Okay. And this basically... I, I, like, I didn't realize that wrestling back then was basically a form of the mafia, is what you're describing to Yeah, me? no, 100%. Okay. Yeah, so, like, he's constantly, like... he He's traveling with big wrestlers. Yeah, so he's got a little bit of protection, I Yeah, guess. but that's, that, that's why he's traveling with bigger wrestlers. Like <laughs> He keeps hiring bigger and bigger dudes. Yeah, he's like, he's like, no, give me... Give he's me... Like, I need Big John Stud he's like, and uh, Kamala the Ugandan Giant. You guys stand next to me yeah. uh, at all times. This is probably too early, but I'm just like, he saw the big show and he was like, nobody's going to hurt me ever. <laughs> Andre the Giant. Oh, Andre the Giant. Right. That yeah. dude was huge. So, and, and was in the WWF. Okay, cool. So, um, all of this stuff is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay. And so, we finally are getting to WrestleMania 1. And, and uh, when that gets set up, mm-hmm. it is Mr. T. Okay. And Hulk Hogan. Back again. Versus. Oh, tag teaming. Tag teaming. Versus Paul Orndorff mm-hmm. and Roddy Roddy Piper. I know who that is. With special guest referee, mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali. Oh, shit, dude. What? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Do you want to pay $30 and go to a movie theater and see that? Fuck yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a little break. Okay. back and it's wrestlemania time and it's wrestlemania time i did forget to gl- i glossed over one thing what is that uh in 1983 hulk hogan married his girlfriend of two years linda linda <laughs> and oh, uh Got they it. even said it was a very it was mostly a long distance relationship because he was traveling so much oh okay so they got married in, in 1983 mm-hmm. a bunch of wrestlers were there vince mcmahon jr was there romantic it was very romantic so wrestlemania is going to bring us to our uh, first video. Oh, we get a video? Yes, if I can find the right chord. Oh, <laughs> so I listen. You know, I'm out of it today. Yeah, no, we're both kind of out. Of it. It's also very late. It's late. I had a long day. As you probably, if you listen to the podcast, you probably saw Alex's TikTok that um, there's issues with the drinking water in Philadelphia. So I spent my day today driving bottled water into the city from my family and friends. So. I'm a little exhausted from driving. <laughs> yes. It was a pretty hectic day. Yeah, pretty hectic. Um, but honestly, I'm so excited. Wait a minute. Is that... um? Yes, that's Richard Belzer. I was going to say, is it Richard Belzer? So, so one of the things before <laughs> WrestleMania 1... Before WrestleMania 1... Wait, what the fuck could Richard Belzer have to say about wrestling? You're about to find out. I'm so excited. Um, so 
one of the things that that happens is for WrestleMania one, they do a massive media push, obviously. Yeah. And uh, during this media push, uh, they go on to Richard Belzer's talk show on NBC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to play this for you now. Okay. And let me see. There we go. And three. Uh, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, we had a very ugly incident here last week on the show. Um, Hulk Hogan and Ms. T were here. And um, uh, Hulk Hogan did a demonstration, and he, he hurt me real bad. I split my head open, and I was knocked unconscious and so on. So um, just to show that I'm not a part of their promotional tool, and this was real, I want you to take a look at this clip. And keep in mind, this was real. Take a look at it. And remember, I had no idea what was about to happen. So 11, right 11 days before now, WrestleMania. the first thing you okay. need to know about amateur wrestling. Yes. Or professional wrestling. <laughs> or well, you just tell me, brother, when you want yeah. to quit squealing, okay? All right. It's called a front chin lock. So Hulk is putting him in a, in a chokehold. Oh, all right. Yeah, you see, he's really holding him. Yeah. See his arms go left? Oh. He's all right. He's just sleeping. Oh, really? what? Yes, He's I unconscious. Was, I was asleep a hole. He'd be all right. Holy He's what? He's waking up now. Hold that was on. a serious right, brother. A lot of people. See? It works. Yeah. Holy right, what? And now, we'll be right back after this word from you know who. You see okay. in the back of the shirt? Was that blood? Yes. Okay, I had no idea. When I, said, when I got up and said, we'll be right back, I had no idea where I was. I was in shock. And just, I know I'm bringing, doing this a little bit. Maybe going too far, but can we get a close up of these stitches? Because I saw Bill Cosby today and he thought it was a hoax. Oh, well. Thought, can we read that? Is it? Can you see that? Yeah, it's hard can to see. Can you see those stitches? Yeah. But I saw the blood on his collar. Yeah, yeah. So, so for our listeners who c- couldn't see that, Hulk Hogan is trying to show a wrestling hole. Before this happened, Richard Belzer is doing a lot of jokes about how wrestling's fake and all these different things. Mm. And one of the things that wrestlers used to do to keep kayfabe is when somebody would say it's fake, do a real move. Mm-hmm. So they would often do this. Um, this is the second lawsuit that Hulk Hogan is a part of. Wait, Belzer sued him? Yeah, Makes Belzer sense. versus Belia. Uh, BB. <laughs> Just BB. like throw back to the boy. So basically what happened, he had this show Hot Properties, which is they were on. Um, he was interviewing them, and obviously this happens. He sued Hulk Hogan for $5 million in damages. Okay. Now, Did this, Hulk Hogan have $5 million back then? It was settled out of court. Oh, so. But the lawsuit kept going after the settlement. Wait. Because Belzer's lawyers Mm -hmm. said we're we're owed fifty percent, not a third, because they were hired on contingency, and that usually in contingency cases the lawyer would get a third of what's owed, and the lawyers like, no, we spent fifty hours on this. We're owed half. Fifty hours. Fifty hours. They made a big deal about this. 50 hours is nothing. Belzer kept the case going, and the court issued in his favor and declared that any section of the signed agreement for compensation greater than the one-third contingent fee was void, quote, no matter how sterling the representation may have been. This Mm -hmm. is my favorite part of the aftermath quote here in the Wikipedia for Belzer v. Balea. Following the case, Belzer used the money to buy a home for him and his wife in France, which he named Chez Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, and it is now a legal precedent case of uh, dealing with attorney contingency fee, attorney contingency fees yeah. in New York State. 
So yeah. So, so that, to clarify, the attorneys did not get more than their their no, original. They, amount. they got they you got whatever can't. the third of the undisclosed settlement. Exactly, was. you can't get more. So uh, so that's that's that. So I love that they were like, oh, carnies. Like, yeah. let's do it. Let's see if we can go, like, mess up some rules. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time on his early life. I'm going to actually zoom through a lot of stuff now. Okay, cool. Because um, WrestleMania 1 goes off, and it's a huge success. Yeah, it's and a then giant WWF success. WWF becomes bigger and bigger nationally. Mm-hmm. And they are slowly, all the other territories are going away. Okay, yeah. And eventually, because a bunch TV. of them. Yeah, because of TV. Eventually, a bunch of them coalesce into a group called uh it's eventually called WCW World Championship Wrestling, mm-hmm. and they're run mostly in the South. Yeah, so they're battling back and forth, different pay per views, TV, all this different stuff. And <clears throat> Hogan is getting bigger and bigger. He starts to get movie roles. Okay. So uh, let me go ahead and pull up this next part. Hogan really wants to be a big movie actor. Um, and this is from 1990. <laughs> okay. And this is his. This is Hulk Hogan in Gremlins 2. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen Gremlins 2, there's a part in the movie. I like that I've seen Gremlins 2, but not Rocky 3. <laughs> yeah. There's a part in Gremlins 2 mm-hmm. where um, the, the film stock, mm-hmm. as it was being played in the theaters and on home VHS, breaks. Yeah. And when it breaks, it's implied. It's, it's Well, they basically straight up say, Gremlins have gotten loose in the projector room. Mm-hmm. We need to deal with this. Yeah. And so the manager goes into the theater and he gets the only person who can stop the gremlins through the power of his voice. And Got it. This is it. That noise is the gremlins. Gremlins. That's Hulk Hogan. He's pointing. Okay, Listen up. People pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Do I have to come up there myself? Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the Hulkster? Well, if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins too, right now. Sorry, folks. It won't happen again. So yeah, so you can see, you know, acting chops, great acting chops. Wow. He's really good at playing himself. He also made a movie with Vince McMahon that is cocaine fueled. Okay, it feels like cocaine is coming up a lot, like cocaine bear energy. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And um, you're like, it's the '80s. It's wrestling. Come on, <laughs> what else would it be? Yeah, exactly. Well, a hundred percent. Everyone's with, tan and blonde. When it's with, the '80s, they have money. Yeah, so he he makes this he made some movie. I gotta scroll back down to the movie. Were we talking about a movie that he was in last podcast? Because it was the boat. Yes, that's made, how this all started. He made a bunch of movies. Uh, so he made a movie called No Holds Barred, which is about wrestling. Okay, cool. Um, that he and Vince McMahon Jr. wrote themselves. Oh my god! Uh, in a motel room. Uh, yeah. Uh, on a typewriter. Who hasn't written one of those three m four day movies? That was in 1989. Mm-hmm. Gremlins two was in 1990. He then starts to uh, star in a series of family films. Okay. Uh, Suburban Commando. All right. Uh, Suburban Commando was played a lot on TNT and TBS. It was a movie about an alien commando who lands uh, on lands on Earth who's uh. being chased by alien, like... It, honestly, it's Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> okay. Like, but, but Stitch is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it now that I'm thinking about it. It's Lilo and Stitch, but Stitch is Hulk Hogan. Okay, great. He makes Mr. Nanny. 
right. uh, later he makes Santa with muscles. He's in Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain, mm-hmm. uh, the TV show Thunder in Paradise that we talked about, and uh, something called The Ultimate Weapon, uh, which he has his buddy Ed Leslie has a cameo in. But anyway, so he's he's starting to get more into Hollywood. Okay. And um, also, right around this time, the steroid scandal breaks. What's the scandal? So that this, he's on it? Yes. Oh. So in 1991, a uh, doctor who had worked as a ringside doctor for the WWF mm-hmm. was convicted of illegally supplying antibiotics, antibiotic steroids. And the doctor revealed that he had supplied these steroids to WWF and their wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And specifically, he did this in Titan Towers, which is the corporate headquarters of WWF. And he claimed it was at the direction of Vincent McMahon. Okay. So this whole thing starts to really uh, get big. Because, again, you're dealing now with, you know, people are wrestling is fake. Look at them. They're pretending it isn't. Okay. And then you're also dealing with them saying – all this different stuff. Um, and so it, it starts to feel like the wrestling world's crashing down because the biggest promoter in the country now might go to jail Okay, for, for supplying steroids. Are steroids illegal? At this point, they were. They're not now. Are they? They, they are not illegal if you're prescribed them. Okay. And they weren't illegal in the 70s. Mm-hmm. They became illegal. They became a scheduled substance. Oh, did Reagan do this? I don't know. I didn't this really look too This is the war deep. on drugs? I didn't really look too much <laughs> into it. Um, I just, the reason I ask is because, like, I, obviously, anyone that has social media, like, any algorithm takes you to, like, muscle builder gym talk. Yes. At any moment or any Instagram. Like, everything just goes back to it. And they're all on steroids. Yeah, they're all on the gas. Yeah. And and the thing is, is I had a few, I had a few friends who were into bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And they would all tell me, like, they could get it whenever they wanted. Yeah, that's they what just, I mean. I guess I didn't do... realize it was illegal because I know that everybody on social media is on it. Well, because you can get it at any gym in America. Yeah. Everybody at the gym knows who the guy is with the steroids, who mm-hmm. has the connection, and they can hook you up. And so yeah. what these guys will do is they'll do cycles of it. Yeah. And then all these different <gasps> Ooh, things. Oh, and like that lady that killed her husband. I watched that documentary. Oh, You're going to have to narrow that down. Listen, there's a documentary about these two people that were bodybuilders together yeah and she had to work like three jobs to make money just so they could afford to give him steroids because he was in a competition he was trying to win but he was like also like not a good dude to her and then she allegedly killed him and like some people think she didn't some people think she did yeah it was a great documentary don't remember the name of it yeah my bad so one of the things (laughs) that happens when this doctor gets arrested Mm -hmm. is newspapers start running his trial as the hulk hogan steroid trial Oh, that's what it, the nickname of it gets in the papers. Because okay. and need Hulk a isn't Hulk isn't being charged for anything. No, um, he's not. You know, and but it, there is a connection to WWF, and eventually Vince McMahon will be charged by the federal government. Okay, and in the meantime, though, um, it's starting to be bad news for Hulk. Okay, it's not going well. All right, so Hulk does what anyone does on the '90s, and he goes on Arsenio Hall. Okay. Because Arsenio Hall back then, yeah. for those of you guys who were too no, young, don't know that Arsenio Hall was the biggest. It was like, it was, it was our, honestly, if it was truly pop, if it was yeah. like things that people actually really liked, 
They yeah. went on Arsenio Hall. They went on Arsenio Hall for sure. And Arsenio had a great connection with WWF. He loved wrestling. He loved mm-hmm. wrestlers. There's a really famous interview with him and Macho Man Randy Savage Mm -hmm. where Macho Man Randy Savage goes, it's macho to cry, brother. (laughs) Like, it's very (laughs) funny. And during this time, you have a series of these wrestlers come on and basically have to, like, say that they've never done steroids or they've done them in the past or whatever their lines are. Yeah, they got a liver king it. Yeah, and that's exactly what Hulk Hogan does. Okay. And so this is Hulk Hogan. He on. looks like a sad hound dog with a yellow bandana. Yeah, he's got his he's got his bandana on to cover the bald spot. Yeah, but he looks so sad. Yep. And his mustache makes it look even more sad. Yeah. So I'm gonna play this for you now. Ready? Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna play the full thing. I'll I'll you'll know why I turn it down in a second. Okay. The things that I am not is I'm not a steroid abuser, mm-hmm. and I do not use steroids. Mm-hmm. But. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm going to stop it right there. His excuses are basically he, he makes up three times where he was injured. Yeah. And instead of going under surgery, he went through physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And during that time, they gave him, uh, you know, he's, he's like, I was prescribed medicine. Yeah. Some of those medicines were antibiotic steroids to help me get over these things. Okay. Now, the reason we know that's a fucking lie well, is because um, eventually Hulk Hogan does leave the WWF. Oh, okay. And he, where does he go? Japan? No. He he initially states that he's leaving the WWF because he wants to do more stuff in Hollywood. He mm-hmm. wants to do more movies. Got it. And I have some images I want to show you. Mm. So this first one here, this is Ooh. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> this is He him. looks like the free ham I just got at the grocery store. Yeah, so that's this is like this is peak mid eighties. And Hulk he's Hogan. he's like, no, nah, I don't do roids. Yeah. What are that's you talking him. about? All right, so there's him flexing again. Uh, okay. You see? Yeah, yeah. skin like a hot dog. It just yeah. Is, yeah, ham. Okay. That's just another image of him that flexing. That looks like an old uh, one of those old porno mags. Now one of the things is they he loves to point out is his twenty four inch pythons. Okay. Mm-hmm. All of these are taken before the steroid scandal started. Oh, wait, are we going to see an after? <laughs> now, do you see how much skinnier he looks here? Yeah. His that's face him. is so much better. He went on the o- Ozempic. He's on yeah. the Ozempic diet. Yes, yeah, so that's him in 1993. Okay. Okay. And then there he is at Pasta Mania. <laughs> he started a restaurant called Pasta Mania. What? Yeah. <gasps> Holy shit. And so that's him wearing his Pasta Mania shirt, selling okay. pasta. But you see how much Wait skinnier he looks. I am getting on Poshmark right now. Your girl needs a Pasta Mania shirt. Okay. Well, and then I can embroider a little like gluten-free logo on it. So it's yeah. like gluten-free Pasta Mania. Yeah. Oh and so God, what this I'm was, living. was Pasta Mania was basically a, a restaurant, a, a fast food chain. And oh. it was a fast food chain that it was, was a fast food pasta. Yeah. It was in mall food courts. Ew. I pictured it like uh, the spaghetti warehouse. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't like mm. that or like any of the other like it, it wasn't like Olive Garden. It wasn't like any of those. It was the idea was you could go to a 80s mall food court and get pasta and get pasta. I don't know about that. He was just selling spaghetti for way overpriced. All right. But real quick, real quick. Put I'm your... listening. I just I'm not I'm just putting pasta mania into the pot. OK. Park. OK. So this is him in 2003. Okay, we have seen this is. Uh, you see, we, we went the changed. opposite way. We have we're stronger than ever. Okay. Yeah. So you see, you see how we go, mm-hmm, big mm-hmm. boy, twenty four inch pythons. Wait, okay, I need get to... a little smaller, and then this is him at WrestleMania eighteen. All right, I need to explain. When he was in Pasta Mania, yeah, he looked like maybe a normalish kind of build. Yeah. Because I think of the po- all the. Well, he he made. was still he was still muscular. He was running a restaurant. Okay. Yeah. He was busy. But 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 he looked he looked CrossFit. Yeah, he looked. 
right? He had that CrossFit he build to him. CrossFit. Okay. Yeah, versus versus like the bulk. Yeah. I mean, this looks like you know Muscle Beach. Is it his thighs that look like inverted? Yes. Oh, because bro. of how much again rippling with muscles, and then as you zoom out. Okay, and then also with this one, we're wearing black and white. We're not wearing yellow and red anymore. Yeah, this is Hollywood. And. We have on a bandana that's black, and he has dyed the mustache blonde, but his sideburns and what is this, the goatee part of his chin? Yes. Those he has dyed a dark brown color so to that's, really accentuate the yellowness of the mustache. So that's during the NWO period, and we'll get to that in a little bit. We don't have a lot of time. You got to- I know. I'm speeding through. So anyway, during the steroid trial- <laughs> Okay. Uh, you know, like I said, Hulk leaves WWF. Yeah. And part of it is because of all the stuff going on with steroids. He tells Vince, hey, it's because I really want to get more into Hollywood, and I don't, I can't have the connection with me, steroids, and wrestling right now. Okay. And then at the same time, mm-hmm. remember I mentioned WCW? Yeah. WCW is purchased by Ted Turner. I know that name. Ted Turner, the billionaire. Mm-hmm. Who owned TBS and TNT. That's it. Okay, Turner TV. Yeah. Got it. The one who was na- married to... Um, What's her name? Well, I'm blanking. I don't know. Uh, Foster. Um, Jody Foster? No, not Jody Foster. Uh, why am I blanking? Oh, my God. I don't know. She was just in the movie we watched last night. The mom from the movie we watched last night. Oh, Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Yeah, he was married to Jane Fonda. Oh, lucky him. I can't believe I blanked on that. Um, How dare you? Anyway, so they have um, Ted Turner buys WCW. Okay. And puts it on TNT. Yeah. He hires Hulk Hogan, gives him a giant contract. Wait, how quick? How quick before? Like about a year. Ooh. Like within. Did he have a non-compete? I don't think so. Oh shit! I bet Vince was mad. But here's the second part that happens. Okay. Hulk Hogan Mm -hmm. gets immunity from the federal government to testify against Vince McMahon in the steroid trial. What? Yes. Are you fucking kidding me right now? I am not. And so what happens is Hulk Hogan. This man was at his wedding. Yeah. This man gave him steroids in his butt. This man gave him everything. Yeah, this man invented WrestleMania so that we could have Hulkamania. Yep. Wow. So um, one of the things that happens is Hogan takes a stand. Okay. And Hogan admits that he had been using steroids since 1977. He's like the whole time. The, I've been using them the one. whole time. He was like, as soon as I got put down that, I never, that base, yeah. He's like, I picked up. I a turned to Metallica and I said, "No, sir, I will not play in your band." <laughs> and just you guys do too many drugs. And then Brutus the Barber Beefcake stabbed just, me in the butt with a needle, and we were off to and the we races. We were best bros forever. Yep. And okay. um, but the one thing he did say mm. is that he was never supplied by Vince McMahon. Nice. He stands, he stands up there, and he said, Vince had nothing to do with it. I was getting them on my own. I have no idea how anyone else was getting them. Yeah. And the government just stares at him like, what the apps? Like, the prosecutor's like, what the fuck? We had an agreement. Yeah. And he's like, I'm being honest, brother. Oh, and so. Shit. Was he found in contempt? What happens? He wasn't found in contempt. That was his testimony. They had no way of proving otherwise. Because the thing is, the government actually had a pretty weak case. Yeah. And everything was basically. But usually they don't give you the immunity unless they have like they, a signed confession that goes along with it. all this up. Damn. They fucked all this up. To the point 
that when the trial, when the, when the prosecution rested, mm-hmm. the judge turned to the defense and they said, you can call your first witness. And the defense said, we want a summary judgment. <laughs> and it was all thrown out. Wow. So now Vince has been hurt heavily by yeah. this. WWF is, is incredibly weakened. All these things are going kind of sideways. And Hulk is down in WCW. Now I'm going to fast forward a bunch here. Okay, can I jump in and let you know that I did look up Pasta Mania online in, on Poshmark to see yeah. if there's any shirts. There are none, but I did find someone made um, a Pasta Mania cutting board where they did like the wood burning etching thing where you like burn the wood to make a thing. Yep. And you want to look at it? I'm showing it to you right now. Oh my God. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, we're going to get into why we're not ordering that in a minute here. Oh. Um, so I want to show you one image, though. Okay. Uh, this image right here. Is he in a neck brace? Yeah, that's Vince McMahon as he's leaving the courthouse after they won. That's his wife, Linda. Mm-hmm. And yes, he is wearing a neck brace because that's how much carny shit this is, that he wanted sympathy. <sighs> so he wore a fucking neck brace. Um, he wore a neck brace. Yeah. Oh wow. And look, here's the here's the here's the courtroom sketch. Oh my Hulk god. Hulk Hogan on the stand with the bald. Jesus. And Vince in the neck brace sitting in front. So anyway, there is a um, there's a lot that happens with that. So Hulk goes to WCW. Over time, he creates a group called the NWO, mm-hmm. the New World Order. It becomes super popular. Mm-hmm. The new world world new world order of wrestling is him, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. It eventually they're all be, become bad guys. Okay, Hulk's always been a good guy. Turns heel. He turns heel for the first time, and and and, and it love a good heel, and it revitalizes his career. Sure, because before that point, people were tired of Hulk. Yeah, he, they were booing him. He did the same match every single time. He's like Ronald McDonald with muscles. Basically, yeah, but yeah. it was it was old hat. Yeah, it was boring. Once the NWO comes in. He then creates this bad guy group where everyone joins this bad guy group, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really matter because we're going to fast forward to 2001. Okay. Um, the first thing I want you to mention to you is that WCW folds. Okay. Goes out of business. Sure. Where it is purchased by Vincent McMahon. Obviously, because he has a vendetta. For like, The I man think, holds a grudge. But it's purchased by him for like $5 million, like nothing. Perfect. He makes mad money off of it. Love that for During him. that time, though, Hulk's go. still under contract. Okay. And one of the things also is that Hulk had um, with some other guys. So wait, does Vince not like Hulk now? Are we are we enemies at this point? So it's weird. The one thing in, in wrestling is that while Vince holds a grudge, mm-hmm. Vince never holds a grudge deeper than he can make money off of. <laughs> okay, okay. He's like, I'm mad at you, but... But, but we, we we can do some money. We can money. make some money. Okay. We we can be mad at each other on camera. Oh yeah, that and makes make sense. a lot of money. That's like um, uh, what's his Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes' son. Yes. Same thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Hate him, but he's making money off of him. Hundred percent. So got to get that neck tattoo. One up. of the things that um, that happens in two thousand one. In two thousand one, and while he was in WCW, Hulk had this crazy contract. Okay. It had things like favored nations clauses. Nobody could be paid more than him. Mm-hmm. All this different stuff. Sure. And so his contract had ballooned to a crazy point. Okay. And when WWF at the time bought WCW, they had they could pick and choose 
if they wanted to buy out someone's contract. All right. They chose not to. So Hulk sat at home for like two years. Okay. Not coming in. Great. So he did a couple things on the side here and there. And then finally in 2002, he shows up with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, the NWO. And he's back yeah. in the WWF. Sure. He um, has a very famous match at WrestleMania 18. Mm-hmm. It is honestly one of my favorite matches to watch. I watch it like every couple years just because it's so fun. Okay. Um, it's against The Rock. The crowd actually wants like Hogan's supposed to be the bad guy and The Rock's supposed to be the good guy. And about two minutes into the match, the crowd is so crazy for Hulk Hogan being back in WWF that Hulk Hogan starts doing the shit that people hated at the end of his run. Mm-hmm. He starts doing it and the crowd goes bananas. Yeah. It's like a whole nostalgia, nostalgia thing. thing. It's Got crazy. It. And The Rock reads it immediately. And so The Rock starts working heel. And at mm-hmm. the end, Hogan starts working babyface. And at the end... Because The Rock is a consummate professional. So good. And uh, at least he was then, before he was Black Adam. And uh, there's a whole thing with that. Don't I don't about. think of Rock as a wrestler anymore. No, he really I isn't. I think of Rock as... A multimedia a, sensation. A multi. No, I was going to say um, a tag team duo with Kevin Hart that just makes movies. Ah. <laughs> so, <coughs> so now, uh, the big thing with uh, this is that Hulk... And eventually Vince have a match at a WrestleMania. Hulk fights his boss? Yes. Oh, I love that. And the storyline? Mm-hmm. Guess what it's based around? The ending of WCW versus WWF? No. When? The steroid trial. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. Yeah, they Yo, have a Vince whole match. Vince is a madman, dude. he's dude. insane. Dude. Now, one thing about the steroid trial that I do want to bring up. Okay. On the side. This, yeah. is, this is completely a side. This has nothing yeah. to do with Hulk Hogan. In... After September 11th, 2001, Uh WWF was the first performance sport anything that happened in America. It's the first. It was for a SmackDown. Mm -hmm. uh, Shortly after that, they they had an episode. And they made a big deal the whole episode. We're the first ones back. Mm -hmm. We're going to get through this. Okay. And during the show, they ran... Uh, testimonials from wrestlers yeah, who could say whatever they wanted, you know, just about, and some of it's like, rah, rah, we're going to get them. Some of them, we're going to get through this. It gets better, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, to talk about different things. And one of them was Stephanie McMahon. Yep. Vince McMahon's daughter, uh-huh. who is uh, on, you know, with the company. She gets up and says, this is the worst thing to happen to America. It reminds me a lot of when the federal government went after my dad for steroids. <laughs> Yeah. Yo. Stephanie McMahon. Holy shit, dude. Compared 9-11 to her dad's steroid trial. So the steroid trial was Vince McMahon's 9-11. Yes. Wow. Yes. Self-indulgent rich people. It's so crazy. Okay. So I thought this. Uh, I was under the impression Hulk Hogan is a bad person. We're getting to that. Okay. Because so there's a couple things I've left out. Okay. So the first thing I've left out is how Hulk Hogan ruined wrestling, according to Jesse the Body Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura. Jesse Ventura. Is he the, he's like a politician now, right? He was a governor Okay. of Minnesota. Yep, all he, right. He ran third party. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse it was also in, uh, he was also in Predator. The, the movie Predator. The, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
I was just telling you yesterday, I really want to watch Alien again. Yeah, yeah. So Jesse the Bobby Ventura had problems with Vince. Mm-hmm. A lot of problems. Because Jesse's also a loudmouth. All right. Um, and Jesse actually sued Vince McMahon successfully for $800,000. I mean, it's not a lot of money. It's like some money for Vince. Yeah, it's some money for Vince. But for Jesse, it was a pretty big deal. Because yeah. um, Vince wasn't paying anyone any royalties on the tape sales. Oh. The millions of dollars in videotape sales. Back when we bought VHS tapes. Yep. And vet Jesse the Body Ventura was both a wrestler and he was also a, a commentator. So he sat mm-hmm. in the commentary booth. Oh my God, look, look at him. Hit him, oh, gorilla. Oh, yeah. He did all that stuff. So he sued and successfully won. But the thing is, is um, Jesse pointed out, hey guys, back in the early 80s, he had a secret meeting with the other wrestlers and said, we mm-hmm. should start a union. We're all independent contractors, and we're getting fucked. Yeah. 100% of us. Yeah. And I can talk to other guys in other organizations. Mm-hmm. We can we can get them all right now, and if we don't get them now, we're going to be screwed. Yeah, and they were. <laughs> and the next day, mm-hmm. Jesse the Body Ventura was called into Vince's office where he was screamed at and was told if he ever hears about this again— he would be immediately fired. Okay. And, uh, yeah. It Isn't went, it illegal to fire people for starting unions? It depends. I mean, yeah. When you have over a certain number of employees. Yeah. But I guess they're not but employees. But the thing is, is Vince, Jesse But Vince lives in his own world. Yeah. D- okay. So how did this, how did Hulk ruin this unionizing of the staff? Hulk's the one who told Vince. So he's a snitch, too? He's a snitch So a he's rat. a snitch on unionizing, but he's not a snitch on this dude selling drugs to his staff? Yes. Which brings Fuck, me to dude. a very funny clip. Anti-union fucking piece of shit. Okay, what's your funny clip? Okay, so um, in, two th- in 2005, mm-hmm. uh, Hulk started Hogan Knows Best, the VH1 the reality show. reality show. Yes. That's right. Like, it that played on I VH1. O- Yes. And it, it starred Hulk, his yeah. wife Linda, yeah. his daughter Brooke. I only remember his daughter yes. and the son with the car. Yes. That's what I remember his, from his that. Son, his son Nick. Yeah, okay. And um, eventually, after that show went off the air, mm-hmm. Brooke got into wrestling. Yeah, sh- through, okay. With her dad, through some other promotions She tried and stuff to like be that. like, uh, what's her name? Charlotte. Yeah, she tried to do that, but it just didn't work. No, she doesn't have Charlotte's vibes. But now um, we get this very famous... Uh, interaction. Okay. This is Brooke Hogan being, mm-hmm. she's being interviewed at a wrestling convention. Okay. And she's standing in front of a backdrop that is her name. Yeah, it says Brooke Hogan in her dad's Hogan lettering. Hulk, yeah. Ready for it? Yeah. It's funny because I was talking to, uh, I talked to uh, Brittany Page, actually, Diamond Dallas Page's daughter. Right. And, you know, we were like, why isn't there a wrestling union? Why? And I took, gave it a Google, and I don't really want to dive into that. But, well, I think um, there's one reason, isn't there? There's one reason. And his name is? Uh, I don't know. Um, I have no idea who you're talking about. But okay. No, I just, you know, it's... To the point where his daughter is like, why don't we have a union? And then she Googled it. Oh, shit, And it's like, what the fuck, Dad? There's so many reasons to be disappointed in your father when he's Hulk Hogan. So many. And that is a huge one. Yes. All right. We got about a half hour left. I know. So now I can really... No, and now I am. So... One of the things we're going to talk about here is Hogan Knows Best. Yeah, the reality show. So it eventually became the spinoff. Brooke Knows Best as well. Oh, so she got her own she show. She got her own show from 2008 through 2009 okay. uh, on VH1. Um, so through this show, 
we got to meet, we got to see the daily lives of Hulk Hogan, his mm-hmm. wife Linda, and all this different stuff. And they were tan, they were blonde, they were very Florida. Yes, very. They were extremely Florida. And it Florida. was during that same time as like the, the Ozzy Osbourne uh, show oh, was yeah, on. Yeah, there was a the bunch kids. of these different things like uh, My Surreal Life. There mm-hmm. was a bunch of these VH1 early 2000s reality shows. Yeah. They would take a lot of B, C list people. Then they would say, look at how crazy their life is. And they'd yeah. have them go up there like, oh, yeah, I was And then they were always tragic. Like, They're always. If you look back at any of them, you're just like, God, this is why a tragedy. Why the fuck did we put these people on TV? Yeah. Like, now you feel really bad. Like, if, if, if Amanda Bynes started posting fucking TikToks, we would all be like, we need to not have this. Why yeah. don't do this? We need to help Amanda Bynes. But back That's in first two- and foremost. Yes. That poor young woman, what Disney needed to her. Yeah. But back in 2005, people were like, ha ha, Mini-Me's peeing himself. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, dude, he has so many problems. The wrestler China is over here crying because her sex tape was leaked. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot China was on there. Yeah. So there's all these different things are happening. Flav. Yeah, all these different things are happening. So they have this reality show. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing that is mentioned in the reality show is that um, Hulk Hogan's son, Nick Hogan, Mm Mm-hmm. Was super into street racing. Um, I feel like I could be wrong because I don't know Florida and their laws, but street racing is illegal. Yes. Okay. Um. So he admitted to being into an illegal activity at seventeen. <laughs> okay. Now it's also one of those things where, like, maybe they would have it on like certain closed courses or stuff like that, whatever. But Hulk is also like. The, the the Hogans mm-hmm. or Balias at this point, uh, Hulk is 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 kind of financing it. He's financing street he, racing. Yeah, he's like financing. Um, you know, he's like sponsoring it because it's he's like, oh, my son's into it. Like whatever. Like uh, I'm looking at Alex very confused. How do you sponsor street racing? Because there are actual competitions for this. Like there the, are? That, yeah, there are licensed competitions. Oh, okay, I didn't know. So that. like drift racing, because like I picture it, it's like down on Columbus Boulevard. No, you're picturing like in late Philly. at no, night. No, this is this is like there are tracks and stuff like that. For oh, okay. It. So these aren't like NASCARs. These aren't these other type of stuff. Yeah. So he specifically he is using a uh, Dodge Dodge Viper mm-hmm. um, and a Supra, um, and they're big into the Supras. They love a Supra. Okay, so his son is into that. His and then, son's oh, into else? that. And then in 2007, August mm-hmm. 26, 2007, um, he crashed the Supra into – Nick Hogan crashed mm-hmm. the Supra into a tree Okay. while he was street racing illegally Okay. and drunk. At 17? Yes. Oh, okay. So a lot of things wrong in that Venn diagram. A lot of things wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, there was someone in the car – Oh, um, a 22 year old man uh, who it was never the same was, okay. was in a coma and is now uh, needs to have medical help the rest of his life. Oh, oh, wow. Wait, I feel like I heard about this, but I guess I didn't know that it like much happened about and it. then kind of like fell away because mm-hmm. Nick did go to jail. Oh, OK. Um, he did well, go to good. jail for it. He's out now. Did that family get money from the they Hogan's? did eventually sue. OK. Um, and then Hogan, I can't believe they had to sue. Yeah. And then Terry and Linda divorced. Okay. Now there's a mix on this one. Mm-hmm. So they got divorced in 2007, mm-hmm. November of 2007. And this accident was in August. 
So, so some people at the time were saying this might be because they're trying to hide assets. Yeah. That was an accusation. Yeah. Now they went through the divorce. Mm-hmm. And when they went through the divorce, um, it got nuts pretty quick. Oh, wow. Look at her. Yeah. yeah I forgot how see, Florida she looks. Yeah. She's very Florida, very dyed. Ooh. You know, all this different stuff. Is that a picture of a noose? Yes. What's um, going on? I'm on our website. That that's oh, okay. just what they put at the top to, to, to for shocking stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> Holy shit. The thing is, is Hulk found out about this mm-hmm. um, as a complete surprise. He claimed uh, in November of 2007, Linda formally filed for divorce. Hogan was apparently not aware of it until a reporter approached him mm. and displayed the divorce papers. Oh. She talked about how the marriage was broken and she wanted custody of Nick and most of Hogan's money. Uh, so nobody, but any, anyone who had watched the show wasn't shocked by this because yeah. they were such assholes to each other during it. Yeah. Uh, but this was not a peaceful divorce settlement. Um, she ended up getting, uh, $30 million mm-hmm. in his assets. Oh my God. Look at them as a family. Plus the house. You know what they look like? And 40% of his businesses. Who was her lawyer? Uh, I'll tell you what. It wasn't Richard Belzer's lawyer. Oh, that's for fucking sure. Oh, my God. Let um, me get that lawyer. No, that picture you just had of the four of them, they looked like if the Chrisleys were on Duck Dynasty. See, you know what I see? I mm. see if the I see if the Chrisleys like hung out with Eastern Europeans. <laughs> yeah, the track like He's in a track suit. Yeah, like she has the, the 80s. What is that? No, what's that's that? not the 80s. That is the, the 2005 80s. Bump It. Yeah. She's got the Bump It that's in her Brooke's hair. That's what Brooke's rocking. Um, Brooke yeah. looks like uh, like an off-brand Jessica Simpson. Yeah. She's got that square jawline. Linda would later claim that it was all because of the Hogan Those Best shows because of how much it mm. fucked up the kids. Um, the whole thing is is – Fucking crazy. Okay. During this time, mm-hmm. Hogan is regularly going on the Howard Stern show. All right. And he's also regularly going on um, a Florida Shock Jocks radio show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that Shock Jocks uh, name is Bubba the Love Sponge. Oh, my God. Now. Okay. What's this have to do with anything? We're getting to it. Okay. So Bubba the Love Sponge. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because there was like that whole like the sponge thing on S and Seinfeld member. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So um, dur- one of the things that was brought up repeatedly mm-hmm. is that Bubba. Um, <laughs> this is so fucking dumb. I can't believe I'm even about to say this into the into a microphone. Okay. So <clears throat> Hulk would go on these 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 radio programs and all this different stuff, and a rumor started coming up. Mm-hmm. The rumor was that Bubba. Uh, really liked ha- watching people fuck his wife. Okay. Really liked it. The DJ liked the morning DJ. Yes. Liked. Okay. He, sure. He was super into it. People are into that kind of stuff. That's and fine. Among the radio community, it kept getting around that mm-hmm. uh, Hulk Hogan fucked his wife. Okay. Listen, I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. Yeah. Okay. So as this rumor was going around at the same time, Linda was accusing Hulk of sleeping with one of his daughter's friends. Oh. So that's okay. a, that was a big part of the divorce. Okay, wow. So so, you know, we got two different things two happening. Two different things happening at the same time. Now, Hogan will later claim he was so shocked by the divorce mm. that he was suicidal and all these other different things. He was in mm-hmm. a very dark place. Yeah. 
and he was hanging out more and more over at Bubba the Love Sponge's house. I mean, when you're sad, you have to reach out to your friends, your yep. close friends like Bubba the Love Sponge. So um, this is kind of where we start to get into all of the weirdness. Okay. So basically at some point in 2006, mm-hmm. Bubba the Love, so- Love Sponge, mm-hmm. I just love saying the name, uh, went into a closet in his house. Okay. And he walked up to the recording devices that set up his four, his four camera security system. Okay. And he downloaded the video that was on the hard drive to a DVD. All right. And then he took a marker and wrote the word Hogan on the DVD. He had to download it because it only had enough memory for 14 days. Okay. So if he didn't download it, it would wipe itself. All right. He wrote the Hogan on the DVD okay. and put it away. Like a mixtape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Years later. Okay. In, I believe it's 2012. In 2012, the editor of Gawker received a phone call from a lawyer named Tony Burton. And Tony Burton claimed a client of his was interested in mailing the, the editor of Gawker something special. Mm-hmm. A package arrived at the Gawker offices between September 27th and October 4th, 2012. That is from BuzzFeed. Yeah. There was no return address on the package. The editor was on vacation at the time. So the site's then managing editor, Emma Carmichael, opened the package and watched the DVD inside. Y'all are wild. It was a sex tape. Okay. She quickly texted the editor. And gave him the general gist. General jizz. The source didn't ask for money, and Gawker staffers insist they don't know who sent it. Okay. When he returned, the editor watched the 30-minute video. 30 minutes. And then he went out into the fire escape (laughs) on the fourth floor of Gawker's Soho office, where editorial discussions were often had. Uh Uh-huh. He and the other editor discussed whether to post the video. They determined that it had value mm-hmm. because this was a sex tape of Hulk Hogan fucking Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. Okay. And that rumors of this had already been reported. They then gave the tape to an editor at Gawker mm-hmm. who had, and had them create a couple different versions of it. Oh, they edited it down. They edited it down. Okay. And they produced a one minute. I mean, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. You they edited it down to a, yeah, they edited it down to a one minute and 41 second clip <laughs> that they published <laughs> on October 4th, 2021, along with a 1400 word play by play of the full video oh, wow. that was wit- written by the editor of Gawker, Delu- De- Delario. Oh, wow. They had to sit there and write the subtitles for that one? Yep. Wow. He said, and I quote, We come away satisfied that when famous people have sex, it's closer to the sex we as civilians have from time to time. Meaning, it's hardly ever sexy the way we expect it to be sexy, he wrote. Adding that Hogan had clumsy sex and complained about having eaten shortly before having the sex and feeling like a pig. (laughs) Okay. Hogan immediately sues. Okay. In federal court. Sends a cease and desist. All right, he goes Gawker takes the video down but does link, a hyperlink, Mm -hmm. to a different site now hosting the video. Okay. Hogan sues 
Gawker in federal court, and he also sues Bubba the Love Sponge and his wife Mm -hmm. in Florida court. Got it, because they leaked the tapes. Yes. Eventually, it's pretty clear that Hogan doesn't have a case in federal court Mm -hmm. because of the First Amendment. Yeah. So he takes it and drops it and then adds Gawker to the Bubba the Love Sponge suit in Florida. Got it. And that's a civil suit? A civil suit. Okay. Not criminal. Yes. And this is where it starts to get weird. This is the third time you said this is when it starts to get weird. It has already started. Because now Peter Thiel's involved. Peter Thiel. Okay. Right. Oh, right. Like the thing we were talking about before. Yeah, on the TikTok. On the TikTok. Yes. So Peter Thiel is a billionaire Mm -hmm. who was outed as gay by Gawker. Okay. Peter Thiel um, is also a virulent racist psychopath billionaire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who was one of the founders of PayPal, mm-hmm. sat on the board of directors of Facebook, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. funded Trump's 2016 campaign, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. spoke at the 2016 Republican National Convention, mm-hmm. 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 and also uh, funded the campaign of Blake Masters and J.D. Vance in 2022 for the U.S. Uh, Senate. <sighs> okay, so we're talking in about two- a bad person. Yes. Um, also mm. recently, yeah. uh, his, one of his boyfriends mm-hmm. was found dead in an apartment in Miami. You better hit that allegedly button. <laughs> I know that's not alleged. He was found dead, but okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, okay. Police currently believe it's a suicide. Allegedly. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, right. Okay. So, bel- so that guy, so now we Peter have, Thiel. When I, so Peter Thiel backs Hulk Hogan in this for millions of dollars. Because remember, Hulk's pretty broke from the divorce. When you say back. He's paying for Hulk's lawyers. Got it. Okay. Like probably like $10 million. Mm-hmm. He's paying. And because the whole thing is Peter Thiel wants revenge on Gawker. Yeah, this is a re- vendetta. Yeah, because Gawker outed Peter Thiel as gay. And Peter yeah. Thiel did not want to be outed. Okay. Honestly, I respect that. I think that you shouldn't, you know, people outing people is not okay. I, everything else about Peter Thiel can suck a butt. Well, Peter Thiel was also paying for politicians who were putting out anti-gay policies. You so see, they, were pointing uh, out, they were pointing out the hypocrisy of yeah, it Yeah, okay. I you see. know what I mean? Like, there's a thing. There's one thing where it's like, oh, I yeah. don't want to lose parts in a movie. There's another thing where, no, I want to have sex with men on the side, and I never want that to be used against me. Yeah. Lindsey Gramming it. Yeah, very much. <laughs> Lady <laughs> G. So anyway, um, he, Terry uh, Balea, it's Balea v. Gawker. He sued, um, he sued Bubba the Love Sponge <laughs> yeah. and Heather Clem. Um, for, and his claims include invasions of privacy, infringement of personality rights, okay. and intentional infliction of emotional distress. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of this really hinges on the infringement of personality. Because mm-hmm. um, the personality is Hulk Hogan, the, 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 the star? Yes. And okay. in fact, when he takes the stand, um, he actually has to he, – he discusses this. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that – gawker does is they kept playing sexually explicit interviews that he did on tmz howard stern show and bubba the love sponge show okay proving that he likes to talk about yeah like he's talking about sex and terry balia's argument is that isn't terry balia talking about sex that's hulk hogan talking about sex Mm -hmm. okay and you printed this as the hulk hogan sex tape 
Got you it. didn't print this as Terry Balea's sex tape. I mean, that's kind of a legitimate argument. It actually is a pretty good argument. Yeah. So he's really, he's like, this is infringement. Yeah. Which, why we have this following quote. Oh, okay. Which he said. Okay, I'm listening. On the stand. All right. Quote, I do not have a 10-inch piece. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Let's try it again. Okay. I do not have a 10-inch penis. Terry Belia's penis is not 10 inches. I was totally Hulk Hogan during the interviews because I wasn't at home in my private house. He got that. That's in the court records. He just said He said, said I do not have a 10-inch penis. Because it was implied in one of the radio shows that Hulk Hogan has a 10-inch python oh, to go with his 24-inch python arms. I know how the blood supply works, and yes. that's just never going to happen. Yes. Um, he goes on and on over this, though, about how mm-hmm. his life turns upside down, all these different things. Okay. So um, and he also, he says, my problem with this is the videotape. It's on the internet. It lives forever. Yeah. Uh, Hogan reiterated what he said in court yesterday, saying that he suffered and felt humiliated once the tape relief. Quote, I haven't been able to get back to my, myself back up since the Gawker sex tape. I'm not the same person since all this craziness happened. Mm-hmm. And that's from BuzzFeed. Okay. Um, now, he eventually wins. Yeah. He wins the lawsuit. I do recall that. From Gawker the goes under. Yeah, he actually crushes Gawker. Crushes Which, well, Gawker. I want to say that he doesn't. Peter Thiel crushes Peter Thiel Gawker. does. Crushes Gawker. It's a massive lawsuit. Yeah. Um, Gawker can't afford it. Also, Gawker really fucked up on this one. Mm-hmm. There is, um, I, I didn't pull a lot of the transcripts from it, but I do remember, like, the editor of Gawker, like, slash owner, got mm-hmm. on, and when he was testifying, he was, like, incredibly arrogant, and, like, mm-hmm. he just was not a good witness for himself. Yeah. And just really made Hulk's case for him because Gawker also had that idea behind it of kind of like we're edgy yeah. and he wanted to keep that. Like he needed to be up there like as a businessman and as like a newspaper editor. Mm-hmm. And he really wanted to get up and kind of be kind of slimy about it. Yeah. And nobody liked that. And so they lost. They then sold all of their assets to Univision. Mm-hmm. Univision at one point did try to bring the Gawker brand back, but they kept things like Jezebel and Deadspin and a few other mm-hmm. of those imprints, which were under the Gawker um, name, yeah. name umbrella. Um, so, which brings us now to 2015, and we're mm-hmm. getting near the end here. Okay. And this is the reason why, because in that sex tape, okay, um. During that sex tape, there were different portions of it that were had to be played for the court. Okay. And conversations that were had. During sex act or? Because it's just general. It's like a general tape. Oh. It's the whole tape. The reason why that was edited down to 90 minutes is because the 30 minutes wasn't just sex. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I This whole time I've been thinking we're talking 30 minutes. No, no, no. But that's I'm the thinking thing. 30 minutes. But they, you're saying there was like 15 minutes. No, of like, Gawker hey, received an edited tape that they okay. themselves then edited. Mm-hmm. I was picturing 30 minutes of go time, but you know, there's some, there's some conversation. Yes. How's your day? How you been? Yes. How's the love sponge? Yes. <laughs> so during this case though, okay, it then comes out um, after Hogan won the hundred million dollars mm-hmm. and, 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 and then gave it to appeals. Peter Thiel because yeah. it was his. All that different stuff. Um, Death and Taxes released audio of Hulk Hogan dropping N-bombs. Yes, this is what I I had heard that he had said n bombs. Yes, and that I that's and it's actually worse. Oh, okay. So 
I'm going to read to obviously he uses the word. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say N word as a replacement for yeah, it. Okay. Um, but what he's talking about when he's dropping them is a relationship that his daughter Brooke is having with the son of a wealthy black man. Okay, great. This because stuff. during this time, Brooke is trying to make beach records and mm-hmm. trying to be a pop star. Okay. Because um, she's trying to go – what Brooke Hogan during this time was really trying to do the Jessica Simpson thing. Yeah. Where she's playing a dumb blonde on TV. She's in the reality show. Yeah. All this different stuff. She's getting her own spinoff show for Brooke Knows Best. Yeah. And – She's been touring. Okay. And he's he Hogan notices his daughter is, you know, getting sponsorship from this rich black guy. He never names who it is. Mm-hmm. And she's hanging out a lot with the black guy's son. Okay. And during the audio, he does know he does mention he's he notices them holding hands. Okay. And he said, quote, this is Hogan. Mm. So it gets to the point where I don't know if Brooke was fucking the black guy's son or if they've been hanging out. I caught them holding hands together on the tour. They were getting close to kind of inaudible, the fucking inaudible. I'm not a double standard type of guy. I'm racist to a point, you know, fucking N-words. But then when it comes to nice people and this is when Bubba Love Sponge Wife says, we're all that way, Hogan. Yeah, cool. When it comes to nice people, you got to, you can't, you can't say the redaction, Hogan. I don't give a fuck if she, an eight 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 foot tall basketball player. Mm-hmm. Bubba's wife laughs. Hogan quote: If we're gonna fuck with n words, let's get a rich one. Okay. Yeah. So the context is incredibly important. Not that just saying the n word is isn't terrible. Like the usage of it, no matter what. But this is unbelievable this is really gross he basically he i know what he basically said but the line up here at the top i'm racist to a point you know uh but then when it comes to nice people Mm -hmm. in implying yeah you know that until he knows they're nice they're just yeah so when you like what people say like oh they're one of the good ones implying that everybody else is bad yeah that's so fucked up. So um, Hogan at this point was actually working again with WWE as a brand ambassador. Okay. He's immediately let go. Yeah. They immediately distanced themselves from him. They stopped making action figures. They stopped selling his T-shirts through the WWE Legends program. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He basically is completely wiped from their history. Yeah. Because there was times in the beginning when you would see the, the opening kind of real, the same way Marvel does that real where they show the comic pages fly down. Yeah. Hogan was in there like ripping his shirt during WrestleMania three and all these different things. But during this time, he just doesn't exist. They remove him from video games, everything um, until 2018. Okay. So for about three years, so three years of punishment, that's, that's it. Yep. And then they bring, they slowly start bringing him back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and now he's back. He's just back. He's just back as part of their history. He's back as part of the Hall of Fame. He was in, tw- in, in I think, 2020 or 2019. Mm-hmm. He, was, he, was re- he was already in the Hall of Fame once. He was yeah. brought in in 2005. Mm-hmm. And then later he was brought in as part of the NWO. Oh, so they redid it. Yeah. Great. Uh, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame with Donald Trump, the WWE Hall of mm-hmm, Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, but during all of this, 
And the big thing is when he came back, they actually had a meet with the wrestlers. Because yeah. a lot of black wrestlers were extremely upset about this. Yeah, for sure. He also had a parade of uh, of black celebrities that he had worked with in the past mm-hmm. and other black wrestlers that he worked with in the past who came forward who were like, I, this isn't the guy I know. Mm-hmm. You know, Dennis Rodman, Mr. T, Booker T. Dennis Rodman. I, the basketball uh, player. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. Isn't he like just like in China? I don't know. North Korea. North Korea, right. Yeah, he also said Kim Jong-un's a good guy. Yeah, so, that's you know, what I mean. You know, like, you're like, okay, I don't really trust Dennis Rodman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there was like a lot of different people. But, but uh, one of the things that came out is when they brought Hulk Hogan back, he went to the locker room and he never said he was sorry for what he said. Mm-hmm. He said he was he he said basically watch out. You never know when you're being recorded. Okay, that's literally worse than an apology. Yes. So guys like the New Day, they don't fuck with them. How? Listen. I if mean, you obviously, hurt the Big E. Yeah. The Big E is my favorite wrestler. Everybody yeah. knows. Yeah. I have action figures all over this house. The Big E, if you ever hurt the Big E's feelings, I can't. So, so the the black wrestlers don't fuck with Hulk Hogan for good reason. Not the current ones, no. No, for yeah. good reason. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is now is whenever Hulk Hogan's image is shown at the WWE show, mm-hmm. raucous booze. Yeah, good. Yeah, and they've tried to bring him back as like a host of WWE, no. of WrestleManias and shit like that. No. And they put him with Titus. And, like, other different wrestlers. Mm-mm. Like, they constantly try to, like, they've been trying to rehabilitate his image for some time. No, fuck this. I feel like they've been backing away from trying to rehabilitate Good. his image uh, once Vince McMahon went away with on all those rape accusations. Yeah. yeah but now yeah. Vince is back. Oh, jeez. Because no one stays going in wrestling. How come nobody faces any real repercussions for bad behavior? Well, let's go down a list because <laughs> we went to a pretty dark place so we're gonna end it on something fun okay this is just a list of lies by Hulk Hogan okay great all right number one yeah do you know the movie the wrestler yeah that Mickey, was a sad movie yeah with Mickey Rooney yeah Mickey Rourke Mickey Rourke Mickey Rourke Mickey Rooney would be a much funnier version <laughs> oh jeez uh the wrestler director Darren Aronofsky offered the role the lead role three times to Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. according to Hulk Hogan Hogan claims he turned it down because he didn't deserve the role. Aronofsky categorically denies that he has ever even met Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk okay. Hogan is claimed to have discovered Kevin Owens for WWE. He said a decade after he began wrestling, he saw Kevin Owens and said, WWE needs to have this guy. Okay. Owens has never mentioned meeting Hulk Hogan prior <laughs> to being a member of WWE. Okay. Hogan starred in Mr. Nanny. And Santa with muscles. Okay. Hulk Hogan claims he rewrote both scripts entirely, only to have his writing credit stolen from him by the Dastardly Writers Guild of America. Okay. Hulk Hogan says he used to fight at Pride Fighters in the 70s. Pride Fighting Championships is a type of like MMA style thing. Oh, I thought he was fighting the LGBTQ, and I was about to be so confused. No, but he was a big Trump supporter, so he might just still be out there. Mm. Pride Fighting Championship. The problem with that, Mm. he couldn't have fought any of them in the 70s. You know why? Why? It wasn't founded until 1997. He's really bad at this. You got to like maintain your... Okay. Hulk Hogan claims that he was the first person to slam Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3. He says that Andre the Giant weighed 600 pounds. And that he all the muscles in his back broke when he slammed Andre, but he still worked the next day. Okay. Uh, this is a uh, big, big lie. Yeah. Big John Stud. 
Harley Race, and a number of other wrestlers had slammed Andre the Giant before <laughs> oh. that. Andre was known as a very given work, giving worker. Oh. And a number very of fans giving. in attendance during the match seem to go up every time he tells the story. Because it was something like 79,000 people in attendance. It was one of the biggest gates that, of all the time. Way you, the way that that's written makes Andre the Giant sound a little slutty. Yeah. It's like he'd been slammed by everybody. He's a very giving worker. Very giving. Love it. Uh, Hulk claimed that he partied with John Belushi after WrestleMania two in 1986. Uh, nope, that couldn't work. Nope, because John Belushi died in 1982. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, he claimed. <laughs> I Hulk like Hogan, the idea that he's so drunk and high that he thought he thought he saw Belushi, but it was just some chubby guy. Just some other guy. <laughs> uh, Hulk claimed that he was meant to fight Mike Tyson in WCW. Mm-hmm. However, Mike Tyson said that. <laughs> What? Okay. However, the ba- the baddest man on the planet was too scared and pulled out of the match, later signing for WWE. I need to tell you something. That Mike Tyson is isn't afraid, afraid of, of anything. The only thing Mike Tyson is afraid of is crying. Yeah. Did you ever see that one interview where he was about to cry? Yeah. When he was talking about his daughter that died, or I think it was a daughter that died. And then the interviewer like brought it up, and Mike Tyson like was like starting to like get a little water in his eyes, and he looks at the interviewer and he goes you need to leave and then stands up and walks away because he knows if he like, he's about to get so emotional, he's going to beat the shit out of the interviewer. So he tells the interviewer he has to go. And so this guy just like gets up because Mike Tyson is like so afraid to cry. Cause he'll like lose everything and like Jesus. freak out. So anyway, I don't think Mike Tyson's afraid of Hulk Hogan. No, I don't think so either. Um, now this is a pretty big claim. Hulk okay. Hogan claimed that back in his heyday, mm. he wrestled 400 days in one year. That seems like a silly lie that you just make up to sound cool when you're, like, yeah. you're in the ring. He claimed he wrestled 400 days. Yeah. Out of 365. No, I know, but that's I like know. a cool lie. I like that one. Um, I wrestle so much. In his autobiography, mm-hmm. he, uh, he made the claim that Elvis was a huge Hulk Hogan fan before Hogan joined the WWF. Okay. Uh, reminder, Hogan started wrestling in 1977. Yep. As uh, mm-hmm. Terry Boulder. Yep. Elvis died. Yep. 1977. Uh, yeah, that's so. Uh, maybe the ghost of Elvis was there. Yep. Um, Hogan had a bunch of different. Hogan claimed that he and a famous Japanese wrestler, Anthony, Antonio Inaki, had a match in Japan where Hogan beat up Inoki so badly that Inoki died. Okay. But he was brought back to life via CPR after the match. But Hulk couldn't work in Japan for a while after that because the Yakuza wanted to kill him. Okay. Just you a load can't, of shit. You, Just what? A load of oh, shit. my God. Um, and last thing. Okay, this last is, lie. This is the last lie of Hulk okay. Hogan. This one's going to get you. I'm ready. Hulk Hogan claimed that he was paying off two cars at the same time as a teenager and that he had a hell of a credit score because of it. The difficulty being... <laughs> Is that when Hulk Hogan was a teenager, Yeah, that was like the 60s or 70s, Yeah, and credit scores weren't invented until 1989 when Hulk Hogan was already a multimillionaire. Remember, imagine a world where we didn't have credit scores. Oh, every day. Wait, you know what? Hulk Hogan, um, much like any grifter or liar, he's just that guy, the, um, the congressman. Oh, George Santos. He's George Santos of wrestling. Yeah, without the flair. Wow. Yeah. 
He has if George Santos got up and went, "What you gonna do, brother, when Santos Mania runs wild on you?" and then ripped his shirt, it'd be all over. Yeah, I mean, no, he'd be president. Yeah, we, oh god. I mean, the thing is, most wrestlers are actually ba- like, most wrestler caricatures are yeah. based on Hulk Hogan. A lot of them. Yeah. Um, I did bring up Ed Leslie earlier, Brutus yeah. the Barber Beefcake, and we're gonna end it with this. I do want to tell you this little Ooh. anecdote about him. Okay, great. In February of two thousand four. Okay. Ed Leslie. Mm-hmm. Caused an anthrax scare at one of Boston's metro stations. What? Downtown Crossing, where Ed Leslie was working at the time. Mm-hmm. So Ed, things didn't go great for Ed. Okay. He was like Hogan's bad guy. Like he would literally carry. Like one of the jokes was, Ed carried Hogan's drugs in a bag. Okay. So that way, if anyone got busted, Ed would go to jail. Yeah. So he was. You was always bag. need a friend like that. Everyone had a bag man. So this dude probably was keistering a lot of stuff mm-hmm. to Japan back and forth. Ooh, that is a long plane ride. But somewhere in there, he had a uh, falling out, and um, with Hogan a couple times. And sometimes he just needed to get a job. When he was yeah. living in Boston, he was working uh, at. <laughs> he was working in Boston and accidentally left a bag of cop- cocaine mm-hmm. in the subway booth. Oh, bummer. Which a subway rider spotted and assumed to be anthrax. Oh, my God. The building was evacuated as a precaution. Mm-hmm. And then Leslie, Ed Leslie, Brutus the Barter Beefcake, the booty man, yeah. showed up, admitted that the cook was his, and then admitted himself into a drug rehab facility. Well, you know what is the craziest part of that story to me? Is that some naive person... Saw a bag of coke. Saw cocaine and was like, must be anthrax. Yeah. Well, it was 2005. Any white powder was anthrax. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show. Guys, this was an intense and weird story. Yeah. Hulk Hogan is a weird dude. I didn't even get into the Dungeon of Doom. I don't know what that means. Exactly. See, that's the thing. Is most of the time when people cover wrestlers, they get so tied up on the, the character. Yeah. That like it's the other stuff is so wild. Yeah. But it's late and we gotta end this episode so oh I can my post God. it. So listen. Thank you to all our listeners. Once again, as always, thank you so much for your subscriptions, your submissions. Thank your you for messages, your comments. Your thank comments. you for giving us five stars on iTunes and Spotify and the amazing reviews. They're so fun to read. The poll's up now. The poll's up now. Vote for Alex's poll so he can tell me some wild story. And we will have one for Mrs. Pearlmania up soon. Yeah, and I'm reading a book. And she's so I'm about to harass book. you all with a book soon. So thank you guys so much. Have yourself a good day. And if you're in Philly, good luck with that water, guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.